Hey everybody, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Um, Today we have Wallace Wong on the podcast, who is a chef, and he's best known for his brand Six Pack Chef. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me, Heather. No problem, my pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Um, So I jump right into things on this podcast, and tell me about where you were born and raised. Alright, I'm born and raised in Mississauga. Okay, nice. Straight up, Maven Stenington, Square One, Um, that's the place. Excellent. And um, d- you did like kindergarten to high school there to like grow up? Uh, yeah, so I did kindergarten in Mississauga, uh, elementary school in Mississauga, uh, middle school in Mississauga, high school in Mississauga, and then uh, eventually went to Laurier in, uh, in Conestoga College. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet. So you're like a Mississauga kid, yep. like through and through. through and, and did through. you, uh, do you have any uh, siblings that you grew up with? Yeah, I've got a younger brother. I've got a younger brother, um, nice. five years, five years younger. Than oh, okay, I. so and what was that like growing up together? Like, were you guys cool, like close? Um, we're super. We're like we're not crazy close, but I think because the gap of like five years, you know, yeah, it's five just is pretty like, significant. It was pretty significant where it's like I would leave middle school and he would enter, right? Or like I would go to university and he would just finish high school, etc. So like we didn't really get to hang out too much on that that note, but. We're pretty tight. We're pretty tight. Nice. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like when you're older in your 20s, five years is like not very much. But yeah. then when you're like one and five or like one and six, it's Agreed. like crazy. Yeah, that was a thing. And um, what kind of kid were you? Like, did you like sports? Were you into the arts? All right. Um, were you into cooking as a kid? <laughs> I was. I was. So I grew up in like a cooking background. Like family is like, uh, so I'm Chinese. I'm Chinese, Cantonese. Uh, my parents are from Hong Kong. So like food was like the big central part of our life so um yeah grew up watching like food network and using lego and pots and pans and little bowls as like cooking equipment um so that for sure um i was also clinically obese as a kid you were so like do you know the movie up like the the disney up i Um, was that kid i haven't i've heard of it but i haven't seen it yeah so like if you watch up it's this like that chunky kid and like this yellow shirt and like some sort of scout kind of looking thing oh I, yes I, I looked like him i really did oh my god i still expect like a royalty check every month but i don't get it <laughs> but you know um yeah so i used to be fat um, that is like actually shocking because you would never expect that mm-hmm. yeah i wore like 38 38 jeans and like um yeah it was some of that and do you know if it was like a hereditary thing or was it just no, your diet there's or? a big giant story to that so like i actually okay, like Growing up, kid to like now, it's I've sort of fluctuated in weight. But when I was a kid, I was almost like a chimpanzee. Like they would like that was like my family nickname. I was like that skinny monkey kind of kid. Um, what happened was so simple. That's like the biggest thing that I think was the reason was um, I got my tonsils removed. Mm. So I got my tonsils removed, and um, the doctor's like, "Yeah, you have to stay in bed for a week and a half, and just like you know, relax and don't do anything, and gotta eat stuff that's gonna help your throat." And that happened to be popsicles. Yeah, ice cream. Um, ice cream, mashed potatoes, um, congee, all these kind of carbs and sugary stuff. And um, so my dad cooks a bit. Like he went to like um, hotel management. So he made me um, mashed potatoes for the first time. And like it's a very classic French way with like a lot of cream, a lot of butter. And I loved it. Um, so yeah, that started. It was like a week and a half of just me sitting on the like sleeping on the couch, eating all that kind of stuff. And then I guess it just snowballed and I just never left it. Mm. I just kept on going. Because you had such a fun experience. I did. And then Fat Wally became a thing. 
Oh my God. Okay, so strictly your eating and lack of exercise then, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And then at what time, um, like, did you have a doctor tell your parents, like, you are overweight? Yeah, as, as like, just, I like, kept on going and I, like, started eating more and, like, finding more things to eat. Um, eventually, the doctor was like, yeah, you're kind of getting a little chunky. And then, like, the next time he came to see, he's like, yeah, you're getting really chunky. And then it came, <laughs> became like, yeah, you're kind of fat. <laughs> oh, my God. And then it became like, okay, mom and dad, um, it's kind of clinically obese now. Oh, um, shit. So let's figure something out. And so you're eating like all these like fun snacks and then your family's cooking all the time too, right? Mm, so exactly. Eating... Oh my exactly. God. And we'd go out to eat and like for like Asian cuisine and culture, like we'd go out to eat. It's not like, you know, you get your main course, I get my main course. It's everybody eats and it's like communal and it's like eight to nine to 10 dishes. And then that's like dinner, but then you go dim sum and that's another like <laughs> 10 to 15, 20, especially if you got like a f- bigger family. So like I've throughout my whole life, I've lived with my entire family. So it's like eight people all the time. Wow, yeah. in one house. In one house. Oh my in god. One small townhouse, very like immigrant story. Um, you know, like aunt, uncle, grandparents, mom, dad, uh, brother, and then you know, I've actually never had my room. I've never had my an own room um, since I was until I went to university. Wow. Yeah, I've never had a room. And that's weird because mostly people go to university and then end up having to share a room in university, but it was the opposite for you. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. But so I can't help but think though that was also sort of fun. Was it like, or was that just having like your, your norm? No, sorry, like growing oh. up with a huge, like busy household. Yeah, yeah, it was totally fun. Um, super fun because there was always someone there. Yeah. There's also when there something was happening, um, and there's always food in the fridge. Right. There that's was huge. always food in the fridge. And, like everybody cooked. Everybody in my family cooks, um, except for my mom. That's, uh, that's except so for funny. my mom like instant noodles and stuff but like everybody else like likes baking or cooking or nice. doing something different so yeah so did you sort of like naturally as a kid like inquire like maybe see your your family cooking and like were you sort of curious or did you have somebody like a grandparent maybe like grab you and say like okay like look what i'm making like i'm gonna show you you know what i mean um I think it's more the previous. So, um, backstory is, like I said, my dad went to uh, hotel management. Growing up, he actually um, had a like a Chinese takeout, you know, fast food, you know, egg foo young and like spring rolls and like nuclear red chicken balls like sauce. (laughs) Um, So we had one of those. I I love how you just called them that. (laughs) Trust me, it's one of those. I get it. It's like a guilty pleasure. Not gonna lie. that was like me growing up like my weekends and like evenings would be spent at the restaurant you know folding takeout those like orange and white takeout boxes right, and right, right. all that kind of stuff but um my grandfather watched cooking stuff when he was taking care of me during the day so then he would be watching that kind of stuff and i just watch um and then at the nighttime go you know go to the go to the restaurant or for dinner and stuff just so much food around me all the time and the big thing about i guess going into like cooking was that when my dad had the restaurant it was also food network food network came out um iron chef big big like thing was because he loved it it was the original like the japanese one you know with like ken kenichi and like yes, morimoto and because he was in the restaurant and because it only aired friday nights new one aired friday nights my dad asked if i could record it on you know vhs so like the big giant things everybody records this little vintage throwback thursday kind tapes of for all tapes, you children who tapes. don't know what those are yeah <laughs> i still remember the one i used to like rewind thing it looked like a car yeah <laughs> you know exactly what yes. i'm talking oh about oh my god so um he would tell me to record it and it was on a friday nights and there would always be two episodes but the problem was that 
back in the day when you're recording something you can't change channels or anything mm-hmm. like that so like i ended up staying there watching it because then it got to a point where my dad's like can you like not record the commercials so oh, then so i ended like up staying <laughs> so i ended up watching it for like almost months and months and i watch all the episodes and everything it was cool and that's that's how i like sort of um that's I guess so got interesting into it. Yeah. That's very interesting. And so that's hilarious. Yeah. Just like uh, your dad, like f- kind of like forcing you or asking you to like do that. And then like mm-hmm. you end up really liking it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So I wanted to ask you, so you're kind of growing up. Were, did you like, did you enjoy school as a kid or? I honestly, um, I believe that I was brought up in like the Asian machine. What I mean is that I was supposed to, you know, when I grew up, now, now I look back to it it's like a blessing like it's a lot of money etc but like as a kid I was like why do I have to do all this stuff you know go tutoring math oh, English so you had to do all, that? all that kind of stuff um, I had some sort of after school thing every day um, weekends and like, was it stuff that your parents selected for yeah, you yeah, or did you okay, so there was you nothing I selected <laughs> I, I didn't select anything like you know go to piano because people say piano is good so I did piano and I don't remember I can literally play the what is it called snap your fingers beat that's the only one I know like like, like a little John, little John. that's amazing like, though that's, that's a pretty good only... <laughs> that's, that's amazing that's the only one I know how to play um, <laughs> did that Chinese school um, oh my god so to learn oh because yeah. I should ask you what is your like first first language is it Cantonese or is it English I want to say it probably is Cantonese just because like my parents or they won't wouldn't say you know like do you speak Cantonese oh my god, to your you're my kid uh, yeah yeah I speak Cantonese I can I can fluently speak speak but I can't read and write properly okay which I which I like dread yeah yeah dread well it's like not even latin based like it's yeah. like you know upside down well to me upside down backwards yeah. like, it's, but it's like, not just that it's like for me as a, like a chef one of the things i hate is going to a chinese restaurant and i can't read the menu because oh, all the good stuff's there it's true. it's the one that they don't write in english that you want to eat the it's stuff so that's english true. are like unfortunately for like the non the westerners or anybody that's not chinese right right but you can maybe like ask a server oh, that's, or that's something and then yeah or like i'm able to talk and i'll be like i want that or like i know certain dishes then so i'll talk to them and i'll be like i want that do you guys have this and that and that's how we that's how i sort of navigate away from that nice. but yeah i speak cantonese so if your mom were to call you right now you'd speak cantonese to her yeah okay yeah um, that was my question and also because my grandparents brought me up right okay so of like course. i spoke cantonese at home Okay. But I um, went to school, obviously, went to school. English was, a, was a, I guess. Yeah. So I guess English was my second language. Yeah, or like maybe even like equally. They're like equally. I 100% think they're, it's equally now I think about yeah. it. Yeah. And you have like like zero accent. So like yeah. you sound like English could be your first mm-hmm. language. I can so. definitely pull an Asian accent if you want. <laughs> we ain't gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I derailed you for a sec. So you're telling me about like you had like a billion after school activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a, that um, Chinese school on the weekends. And I... Um, I think the whole thing about going to school and everything was I was supposed to be the typical, you know, um, lawyer, doctor, accountant, so, you know, the very typical Asian thing, very immigrant Asian. And I'm sort of like the rebel of that now, um, especially when known as, as a chef, my family, a lot of my family, whether it's my mom's side or my dad's side, 
have been in the industry and they hate it because they know how sucky it is, how mm-hmm. crappy like it is. Like working in restaurants. Hour, yeah, hours, the pay, sort of, unfortunately, like the people and like, you know, your holidays is people's uh, people's working or yeah. people's holiday. That's your biggest time to do stuff. Um, my grandma has a saying. I remember I would tell like all my chefs and people that I would go to restaurants that like get hired or like talk is that my grandmother would be like, if you ever want revenge on someone, just introduce them to the industry. Give them a job, oh, and then they'll be like, "You'll be set." She's like, "That's the best revenge ever." So everything they worked to do for you, you did the complete opposite and just got by choice into what they. Uh, yeah, attacking. it was one of those where it's like, um, they're like, "Yeah, don't get into, don't be a chef, don't get into cooking, you all that stuff." But what happened was, I ended up going to high school, and then there, you know, you can get to choose your extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I chose basketball, and then I chose um, hospitality. Okay, sorry, what high school in Mississauga did you go to that you had options like that? Because my high school was such a joke. I could, we Where'd had nothing. I went to Cardinal Carter, but not the oh. art school, the basic regular one. Okay. Um, everyone always thinks, they're like, oh, I know. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. The basic regular, like, bullshit sort of high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you, our, our electives were such a joke. I ended up taking economics. It Okay, economics interests me, yeah. interests me in, like, a conversational gotcha. aspect but, but like, like do i want to like study and take an exam on it mm. fuck no but it was literally like one of the only semi-decent options yeah like we didn't have any fun stuff like basketball like i would have taken basketball we over basketball we had um uh, weightlifting what we had aesthetics like as in like hair and like nails um auto. i feel so cheated it was xavier by the way Oh, okay, exactly. Xavier Tigers, what up? <laughs> I feel so cheated. I, you know what? I hear that a lot, and I heard that like my school now has a, a few of those things. Yeah. but it wasn't until I was long gone. Okay. Like, so anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah. So, um, I took basketball and I took culinary arts at nice. in high school. Um, I'm sorry, was that nine to twelve, or did you only get to take it certain years? You only got to take it from, I believe, um. 10 onwards okay so like grade 10 i did it i think grade 11 i did it and then grade 12 I did okay it too. nice um but i got introduced into it and then there was this thing called i was pretty good i was not gonna lie i just enjoyed it and because i like was around holding knives and stuff so yeah. i was sort of like very easy got into you that. have like a natural yeah like, so like um it. what happened was there was something called um skills ontario which was now like part of skills canada and like this um skills trades competition so it goes from anything, from any skill trade. And I just did cooking. And they had this competition. So I was, and then I was like, ooh, I'm a, I'm a competitive dude. Like, you'll, if you get to know me, you know that I'm super competitive. I hate losing. Um, so what happened was there was supposed to be this competition. And then me and some other, uh, another friend, um, he also was sort of into the cooking stuff. And it was sort of like both of us wanted to do it and we didn't know who was going to do it, what happened. And for some reason, I think he, he decided not to do it and I ended up doing it and I loved it. And um, I think that started my like culinary competition and culinary Ooh. career a bit because I ended up winning regionals. Uh, so I went from Amazing. regionals to then uh, provincials and then I represented Ontario. Wow. And then I went to nationals and then I came fourth um, in high school level. That's unbelievable. So, how did you even hear about this uh, thing? Was it through your class? Uh, like through, your teacher? Yeah, through the through the through the board. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was like a whole board wide competition. Nice, a big thing. So yeah, I did that in high school. And I came. So how old were you when you uh, placed nationally? Uh, 
grade 12. So grade, you're like a teenager. Grade, yeah, I was still, it was definitely high school still. Oh, yeah, right. And right, then okay. uh, what happened was, I remember, because I was like, I was winning, I was winning, I was winning. And then I went there and I went, came like fourth. And I got so, so upset. <laughs> I was so... Ch- I remember the plane ride back from Calgary. And, like, my teacher's like, it's okay. I'm like, no, it's not freaking okay. It's like... <laughs> and, and then, because, like, I learned even more that I was like... I didn't place by, like, a point. And do you know what the point was? Like, what was the dish that you had to make? Or did you all have to make it, the same so, dish? It was, so, they're all, like, black boxes. What black boxes mean is, like, basically, secret ingredient. You sort of don't know what it is. So, I was, like, chopped. Okay. Except instead of multiple ingredients, just like one main ingredient that you don't know. And uh, they have like a thing where it's like, okay, you got to make an appetizer. It's got to be this has this component, this component, this component, and must use this ingredient. And then you got to make a main course that has this, 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 and this component. And then a dessert with this, this, this. And then there's different timing and everything. And um, it's based on like all French tr- tr- uh, traditional um, techniques and methods. Very, very classic. Um, it's almost like something called the Boku's Door now. The okay. Boku's Door in our culinary world is literally like the Olympics. It is actually is the culinary oh, Olympics. Oh, awesome. Um, there's like U.S. kicks ass, French kicks ass, um, Denmark Sounds like the regular ass. Olympics. <laughs> yeah, like it's honestly that. Think about it to the point where the U.S. team, the U.S. Boku's Door team, they actually every year create a simulation kitchen that emulates what they're going to do. So they practice. And then they train for the entire three years because it happens every couple years. Right. So they literally train for it and like they get these like um, interns and like they make this team and they get sponsors. Wow. And yeah, it's insane. It's insane. But anyways, high school, that's what happened. Um, Came fourth and then I ended up going. And But sorry, what was the thing that, do you know what uh, set you back to fourth? I don't. I don't know. Which is another reason why I hate it. You hated it. I, it was like the fact is like it's a point. Tell me why. And what was the dish? Do you know? Do you uh, it was three dishes. Oh, those three. It, it yeah. was three dishes. I, I can't remember per se the high school one. Um, I do remember there was like a chocolate pot of creme for dessert. I okay. do remember that. Um, I don't remember. Oh, I think it was like a spinach soup or something in the, in the beginning. And then the middle was a chicken cordon bleu mm. with like cream spinach and oh, like so tomato concasse and, um, and then the dessert. But then what happened was after I graduated, um, I went to high school, university and, um, they had that too. They had the skills, oh, the skills. for college. Level. Oh. Um, so I ended up doing that. And I'm assuming, assuming you went for culinary, right? No. Oh. No, so I actually went for business so that so, did your family yeah, get in your head a little bit let's let's like backtrack here so like <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll realize in this whole thing is that my life is a big mismatch of things that unfortunately you can't talk about one spot you have to talk about the things back and then everything sort of makes sense yeah right that's why dating sucks because like <laughs> someone would be like someone would be like oh what, what are you what are you up to or like and you're like oh, what's fuck. about you i'm like i don't want to talk about me like this happened with my uh, with my girlfriend and because like we went on a date and she's like i was like enough about me let's talk she's like, no 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 i was like no trust me this is gonna take forever yeah. and i don't want to sound like that that you know that d-bag douchebag who wants to just talk about himself well now you can direct him to this podcast and then <laughs> you don't have to worry about it all right but all right backtrack um high school right um so i'm 29 right now so okay same. um oh nice yeah amazing 1990 yeah me 90s too. babies the best babies okay um High school and high schools um, last year, grade 12. September, I ended up having some sort of like bump, bump that happened in my eye. And then it turned into like this little thing. Um, and then I got like, my eye was getting red and everything. So I went to go see the eye doctor. And internally, it was like, the doctor's doctor, yeah, it's just a cyst. 
just assist. Don't worry, we'll just, you know, do some... It's always the default diagnosis. Oh, I, I, never knew. I, I never knew. I was like, I don't know what assist is. So then he's like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get you surgery in. So that uh, September surgery was for December. From September to December, it started growing. Oh, started shit. growing and like my face was like started deforming got oh to, my god got to a point where i can't remember the movie it was gilligan's ireland or treasure's island but there was like some ogre in that movie i looked like that shrek. movie. <laughs> no shrek looks good oh my like my god. i was the def- like my left side and my right side were up and down stop it, would, it got to a point where teachers would come to me and pull me out of class and be like hey like I need to know for like our sake, right, our like health right. sake. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. And like I was like, yeah, no, no. The doctor said it was a cyst, but it was bad. Like, um, I looked like no, I looked like a monster. It was pretty bad. Oh my god. So then December, I got the surgery. I was amazed. I was like, yes, finally, I looked like a regular person, and like nothing was crazy. Like my eyes all good. Um, Could was it impairing your vision over the time that it was growing? A little bit, not crazy, but a little bit. It was an. Um, yeah, it was. It got pretty big, got pretty big, almost like like a marble, maybe marble oh to like God. a marble to a ping pong ball, like around Holy there. Holy shit! So like that thing, like my face was like, yeah, totally, totally distorted, like a bad Photoshop for <laughs> for modern <laughs> day like, people. Like somebody like scares you and like your your mouse on the Photoshop thing. Like, yeah, oh, like yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. And then I remember this. So it was New Year's. New Year's. I was sitting in my kitchen. And uh, my eye doctor calls. My eye doctor calls. I pick up the phone. My mom picks up the phone. And then I was with my grandparents. And then I pick up the phone. And it's like, hey. Uh, my mom answers first. So I just, you know, shut up. And mm-hmm. I just sort of eavesdrop. And it's like, hey, it's Dr. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm just calling because um, um, we just did our diagnosis and bi- biopsy from the surgery for Wallace when he did a cyst. Um, and then I remember so vividly. He goes, sorry, but it came back as cancer. And then, oh my God. and then my mom's like, "What? What?" And I'm, "What? What? What?" Hold I didn't even. I said, "I'm just what?" And I remember I just started listening, and then my mom's like, "What do you mean? Like, what did you say?" And he's like, "Yeah, sorry, it came back as cancer." And like, my mom's like a very fragile like Asian lady, so like, um, she's like starting to break down and on there. Well, and also, then, it her you're her son. Like, yeah, this. and then like, so I didn't. I didn't like figure anything out and I just like hung up. I didn't listen to the rest of it. Mm-hmm. All I heard was he's got cancer, it came back a cancer, we need him like back like within the week and everything. And then I just Holy hung up. Shit. And then my grandparents are across from me and they're like, Oh hey, how's what's everything? Is this your doctor? I'm like, Yeah. And I was like, Oh, everything's amazing. I ran, I was like I went and I hugged them and then I went upstairs. Aww. I went upstairs and then my mom was off the phone and then she was just like bawling. And I I remember I just she saw me and she bawled even more. I'm like, oh, great. This Aww. is very great. So I came and I hugged her. And then all I said was like, it'll be okay. Like, I don't you know. Like, I her. just naturally just happened. Where That's like, unbelievable. Where just, oh, like, it's okay. And then... Um, you just knew it in your gut kind of thing? I don't know. I just... That just came out. Wow. And um, like I said, I live with all my family. So like, obviously my mom told my dad. And then like, yeah. sort of everybody started knowing. And then as everybody started trickled back from work, it was like, just hugging and then I was always like everything's okay like some of them like my aunt would be like nothing my aunt would just talk to me and be like like as nothing was happening be like yo like hurry up go down and help with dinner or like 
clean your room and stuff. Yeah. And then I remember she's like, clean your room. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do it later. And then she just looks at me and she started crying. And I'm like, And then I was like, everything's going to be okay. I remember that day. Um, so that, yeah, that was that day. That is unbelievable. So did you, but you still, like, what was your initial, like, were you terrified? Or you, it sounded like you kind of just were cool. Like, and how I, old were you? 17? Yeah, I was 17. Holy I was 17. shit. So you're then, obviously old enough to know of, like. Uh, we had internet. Yes, exactly. We had internet. We had, like, the. Google sh- existed. Sh- sh- yeah. The, beep, beep, like, get off the phone. Yeah, 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 use the yeah, internet yeah, yeah. Or, like, you know. So. Some I kids are like, what are you Googled. talking about? Yeah, all I did was, like, I Googled it. And I was like, will I die? Like, like, can I die from cancer? Like, I didn't know what cancer it was. I didn't know right. anything about cancer. Yeah, because did they give you, like, a type? No. No, like, there was no diagnosis. It was just, like, he came back as cancer. Right. So I was, like, starting off, like, how long do I have? And blah, blah, blah. Oh, and my I, God. And then I remember, so, like, with that be unknown, I just started, you know, searching stuff up, searching crap up. And then, um, backstory was to go to, so I went to Champlain Trail, which was a public school, from until, like, grade five. And then I was supposed to go to Rakanson, which was like a, a middle school. But because um, there was a school next to Champlain Trail called St. Gertrude, which was like from six, seven, eight. But it was Catholic school. And my parents wanted, you know, wanted me to be close um, so that the person that was driving me didn't have to drive me farther, etc. So I became Catholic to go to school. Oh my God. So you went and got... Um, I went and got baptized. Um, baptized and went and to Sunday school and everything. Isn't it horrible? I went to Catholic school too, but it's so funny. I'm technically like not Catholic, but I'm baptized. So I guess okay. that's all that, so, really yeah. matter, that matters. So like, that's what happened. So I went to, I went to, um, I went to St. Gertrude because of that school, because of that. Right, right, so right. I remember, so I remember when I got cancer, I, I remember just like, I don't pray. So I remember I prayed. I was like, God, is this my time? I was like, that was the first time I was like, hey, I was like, Am I gonna die? Or like, yeah. you know, I was like, I, didn't ha- I haven't done anything. And I was like, I tell people this all the time. It was like, cancer for me was this awakening call. Like, wow. although I was like 17, you know, 17 balling and like playing basketball all the time and like not real sure what to do with life and stuff, that it was like that one part where I, was, where I think that it was that wake up call of God or whoever you wanna say as an entity, whoever um, you wanna believe in was like, hey, like, I can take your life away. Yeah either figure out do something with it or i'll take it away and then i remember i was like i will like i, I care I, I was like i said i don't want to die yet like I, I haven't done anything yeah you haven't gone to school anything and i haven't done anything and gone to the, the extracurricular activities that your yeah. parents chose like i was like you. i didn't have a cell phone yet yeah. like i don't have a girlfriend like you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. I, haven't, I haven't done anything and i was like like it can't be my time i was like okay i was like I can't die. I've got so much to do. Like, I promise I won't. I'll, I'll like do something with my life. Yeah. And I was like, I'll do it. And then that was it. From then on, and that day, I was like, I'm not gonna die, and I'm gonna just make everything happen. That is unbelievable. What a like yeah. life, like punch in the yeah. face. So it became a full six six month blast. So I did radiation and chemo all in six months. And like, I continued to go to school. Everybody's like, don't go to school, you know. I'm FOMO as hell. Yeah. I'm FOMO as hell because like, I never got to go out. Right, I always right, had extracurriculars right. and stuff. Right. Like, friends would come after school and like, knock on my door and be like, hey, can Wallace come out? And then because my, my grandmother took care of me, 
um, she didn't have the res- she didn't want to take the responsibility of letting me out right. until my parents came home. So like she'd be like, no, you can't come out. I couldn't go. Out. I was getting upset, and all my kids like, oh, why you have to stay inside and do homework or like whatever. Yeah. And I never got to leave and go out or walk to school, etc. So I was FOMO, and then I was like, I was even more FOMO that I was like, I didn't get to graduate with all my friends. Ah, uh, yeah. So then I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to school. And they're Good like, no, no, no. They're like, no, and like you have to rest. And I'm like, no, I'm going to school. I moved to school and I so I continued going as if nothing was happening. That was my game. I was like, I want to just as if nothing changed. Yeah. So I continued going to high school um, and still went to all my chemo and therapy. And I, that's why I started learning like sort of multitasking and like communicating with people because like the counselors in school would be like, okay, um, Wallace is not going to be here for this class. Maybe someone can t- write the notes and figure this stuff out. And it was also the year of going to university. So like grades were important. Yeah. Everything was important. Um, but long story short, I made it happen. I made it happen. That's unbelievable. Yes, yeah, so I graduated. Thanks, thanks. It was funny too, cause like, I'm not like a, I'm not like the popular kid at high school in school or anything like that. Um, but somehow people like voted me for valedictorian, and I didn't even put my name in there, wow. which was like a thing. I remember I finished uni- I finished my um, midway through my treatments and everything and then someone's like yeah well she went back to victoria i'm like what the hell is back victoria <laughs> i had no clue what it is i was like what is that and they're like you know you you represent us i'm like what do you mean what do i represent and they're like yeah and i was like okay what do i gotta do and they're like oh no nothing you just gotta do this speech at graduation yeah just write a speech like, and say it for thousands of people yeah. yeah so that was like another th- curveball um but i ended up doing it um, wow! I ended up doing that valedictorian. It was like one of the craziest speeches ever. I ended up also doing it for Conestoga College, which I didn't. What? I didn't even think. Also, I don't know how I got that either. Do you know what though? That's obviously just like, like I feel like you obviously have unbelievable perseverance, and I feel like your peers just start to learn that about you, and they yeah. want somebody like that to kind of like represent them and yeah. like lead them. It was kind of cool because like you can. It's on my YouTube channel. Like some the, they recorded it and I kept it. Oh wow! Um, but I. Uh, I pretty I pretty much prank the entire auditorium for, for both speeches, and like because like I'm not a serious I'm serious but I'm not serious at the same time yeah so like the speech gets very like you know and I didn't want to be like you know everybody you know be you do what yeah, you have yeah, to do yeah. you know follow your dreams and whatever so I like switch things up a bit um, but I won't spoil that but anyways but wait I want to hear a little can you tell me a little bit of it like how, what okay, did you yeah, rank okay, fine, that? yeah so I did I, both, I just think it would be so interesting I did it both in high school and university because I'm in college because it was still cooking stuff. People knew me as the guy who cooked. Right. 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 Whether it was at Conestoga or Laurier, people know. Oh, people were like, "Oh, Wallace is that that chef dude, yeah. that guy that keeps cooking at all our parties after <laughs> when we're all sloshed." Oh my drunk. god, I wish we had you around. I, I, I just, used to, I, I would do that. Oh I'd, my god, that's I would amazing. Go to people's like dorms, and people would be like, "Oh my god, they're all sloshed. I'm so effed up, and like I'm so hungry." And then I'd be like, like oh, "Yo, okay. I can cook," and they're like, "We don't have anything." And I was like, "Yeah, we do." And I was like, "Just let me check," and I literally just cook from whatever's in their. Food. Whatever in their friend. Oh my god, what a perfect friend to have it around. It was cool, it was cool. But anyway, so high school, university, I mean college, valedictorian speeches. The big thing I did was, because they knew I cooked and competed, so I made this one joke. I was like, yeah. So halfway through the thing, I'd be like, guys, all right, so I got something special for everybody. Um, I was like, because I was cooking and stuff, I got to meet a bunch of people. And I have a really friend, a good friend that I met. And um, I asked if he could come here. Um, you guys might know him. And this was also the the age or the year of like Hell's Kitchen. Okay. So I'm like, I knew you were gonna uh, see yeah. That. So I was like, yeah. So like, 
he's a really great chef. You might have seen him on TV. He does have, you know, maybe a sharp tongue. He swears a lot. Um, some people call him the chef in hell's kitchen. So, guys, everybody, if you guys can stand up and, like, you know, um, help me welcoming my friend, Gordon Ramsay. And then I point to the back or some random spot in the auditorium with the doors. And everybody like, no, what? Oh, my God. So they'd start clapping. And then everyone would turn around. And I'd let them clap for a bit. And I'd be like, oh, Gordon, you come on out. Come, like, Gordon. And then they're still cap clapping. I'd be like, psych. Oh, my and God. And everybody would be like, no. <laughs> so, like, if you watch my YouTube um, uh, YouTube video for the Conestoga one, because they actually have a recording. I didn't record it, so someone recorded it. And yeah. there's, like, POV of me in the front with all, like, the what do you call them? All the faculty in the, behind me. And you watch all the faculty people just standing up that like little amazing. kids going, amazing, oh my God. And then I prank them and they're like, oh. like That's so funny. You should post that and tag Gordon Ramsay. Like, that's hilarious. Mm, yeah, yeah, I should actually. That's, I should. You should. Because you never know. You might find that funny. I, yeah, I should, actually I should. Because back in the day, uh, it was just Facebook. There was no like Instagram. Yeah, there was no answer. Exactly. I might do that. I might do that. Smart. Smart. Heather. That is I, I dig it. That is so if I, funny. If I do meet him, if you, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll invite you. We'll go. We'll go. <laughs> Amazing. I'd, I'd but, meet you. Okay, so what happened? Uh, valedictorian, uh, where else were we talking about? So yeah, you have you, but what, what, by the time you gave your valedictorian speech, ha, have you finished your chemotherapy at this point? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, and were you like deemed cancer free? Yeah, so this year will be 12 years remission. Wow. 12 years remission. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, so six months massive blast. Um, thank God, knock wood, nothing came back. And your um, your vision's still good. Yeah, so okay. There's a good thing that happened and a bad thing that happened. Okay. Obviously, bad. Uh, obviously, cancer, whatever. Um, but I ended up having um, cataract. Oh. I also had a cataract because of all the chemo and radiation. Right. Um. So like at 17, I had a cataract and I got it removed. And then my technically my left eye was like. 2020 vision yeah um, that's not the case anymore i have to wear contacts oh, but shit. um oh the backstory for the cataract um i went to go do the cataract surgery the doctor gave me this form i filled it the day of the surgery um i remember in the morning i ate a banana I ate a banana went to the surgery and then going into the surgery the nurse is like oh yeah have you fasted have you eaten anything yet and i was like yeah i ate a banana and they're like you're not supposed to eat i'm like what are you talking about like it doesn't say I can't eat. And they're like, you know, you're not, you're supposed to be fasting because you have to be under anesthetics. I was like, it doesn't say that. And they looked at the form and they're like, oh, this is, it's that one doctor. We've told him that he has to put it there. So mm. then they went and they talked to the doctor and stuff because we had to set a date aside and like scheduling for the, for the surgery. Um, long story short, he comes, the doctor comes to me. He's like, well, so, um, yeah, there's a little bit of mix up. Um, our apologies. Um, we don't have to reschedule though. Um, if you want, this surgery is very, very, you know, very common. Routine. It's not, not, not that bad. Like, yes, you have to do anesthetic, but you don't have to do it at the same time. We can do some freezing. And I was like, um, I don't, I'm oh not a doctor. God. I'm already like, terrified. You know what I mean? I'm not a doctor yeah. as as much as my family would want me to be. Yeah. Freaking, um, so I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Let's do it. Whatever. It's the day. I don't, I don't have another day. Like, uh, we'll do it. And this was during Christmas. So I go under. I go go into the surgery room, which was the first time I've been in a surgery room. And like, if you've never been in one, like if you're awake, it literally looks like the TV. It looks like you're getting abducted or something. It's all white, massive lights. Like by alien, it's oh literally that kind of scene. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, I know Heather. exactly what you're talking about. So I was there, and then they put this contractor on my eye, and then like open it up, and it's just like mass thing. And then they freeze a little bit, and then the whole surgery happens. I did not realize it was gonna happen with me alive. So like I with feel you alive, like, like you mean I, awake? I, 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 awake. 
five. <laughs> I feel the pressure of like him cutting like my lens oh and then peeling my it back. God. And, like, but can you speak at all? Because I'm, you're like yeah. I'm literally awake and fully awake. But can you like verbalize yeah. to them like this is hurt? Like okay, so, like I said, it was Christmas. We the the doctor and his assistants and everything. They were talking about Boxing Day shopping and freaking how much things they have to go get. What are they making on Christmas? And I'm over here like yo, I'm like hey, hey like focus. there's a knife in my eye, like, bitches. Focus, guys, like make sure you get this properly. Yeah. But then like. For me to like not think about it, I started talking with them about it too. Oh my so like, god! So you're the dentist. Yeah. Like they're operating on your eye. So literally, I did that surgery. That and but so anyways, cataract. All Sorry, and dur- just during this though, like, do you have any vision out of that eye? Probably not, eh? No, I have no vision. Oh but my! But I have it on the right. But the left is nothing. Is, oh so my god! So that's the cataract surgery. Um, what happened? Anyways, cataract all remission done. Blah. Um, yeah. So I ended up graduating. Ended up graduating high school with all my friends and everything. Oh, good. And then um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. But, and I was like... Had you applied to any colleges at this point? Yeah, yeah. You would have been yeah, January, I went, right? Yeah, I was doing... I ended up applying for all business stuff. Okay. And just because... Did you, did I actually, you just like, I don't know? In high school, I actually thought about going to culinary school. Okay. I thought about it one time. I was like, I'll go to like, you know, CIA, CIA in New York or whatever. And my dad's like, oh, no, nice. no, 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 don't go. Don't be a shit. The family's yeah. like, yeah. And how are you going to, you're going to move away and blah, blah, blah. I was like, eh. I was like, eh. And then anyways, um, I ended up, you know, next best thing was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to be in a, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a scientist or et cetera. So I was like, everything has to do with business. Yeah. Everything has to do with business. Default. I was like, if, if down the road, say I wanted to open a restaurant. And maybe I'll own a restaurant. Business is worth it. Yeah. And I decided, I'm like, you know what? Let's do the business. I don't know what I'll do, but at least that would be a good fundamental thing. Yeah. Plus, plus, you know, it sort of satisfies my family of mm-hmm. like, you know, you're going to university and all that. So I ended up going to Laurier. Were you the first person in your family to go to university? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I ended up going to Laurier for business. And then after my first year, I start. I realized I was reading my cookbooks more than my uh, my business books. And I was watching Food Network more than other stuff. And I, and I missed cooking because I competed and all I cooked yeah. for at home and everything. So I ended up being like, oh, cooking schools. And then um, Conestoga College was down the road. So like if you've never been to KW, um, that spot is like a hub of schools. So I had Waterloo, Laurier, and Conestoga College yes. all within like, you know. Hop, step, and a jump. Two, yeah, exactly. And so I searched and it turns out Conestoga College had a culinary program. So I walked over, I went over after my first semester during the summertime, something like that. And I was roaming through the, through the halls and I was peeking into the, the, the classrooms. And then a teacher comes out and she's like, hey, aren't you supposed to be in class right now? And I'm like, um, no, sorry. I'm, I'm like, I don't actually go here. And she's like, oh, what the hell are you doing here? I was like, oh, well, I'm just looking and I'm sort of interested, just kind of see. She said, oh, you want a tour? So I ended up getting a tour, got some Ooh. info. And then the next day I signed up. Wow. Next day I signed up and then... That's and did you consult with your family at all or you're just like, fuck it, you no, just, just did it? I just did it. Nice. Like, I just did it. And then that September I started year two of business and started first year of culinary school. Oh, so you're doing both at the same time? Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, so I did both <laughs> at the same time and it was funny because like they both have nothing to do with each other. Well, but like in a restaurant, like you said, if you ever want to own a restaurant, then they're completely yeah. mutually exclusive. Yeah, 100%. That that was my my, the, my, my plan was like most restaurants, like 9 out of 10 fail. 
for a yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because it's either some person that wants to own a restaurant but knows nothing about cooking. Yeah, it's like or one vice or the versa. other. Exactly. Some guy who knows how to cook but knows nothing about the business side. I was like, this is smart. I'm like, I'm a genius. <laughs> this is, this is going to be good. And let's face it, you've just gone th- through cancer and yeah. high school simultaneously. Yeah. So two college or university and college is like a joke. Well, that was the thing where it was more I was like, it was it was different because they both had nothing to do with each other as a as like uh, a program. So like scheduling was the hardest thing ever. Ooh, so right. if anyone that re- that that listens to this or knows me or like knew me from that time when I went to university and college was I'd literally go from one class bike to another class from the another place and go back and forth and back and forth. So like I'd go to school, um, I'd be like accounting class one, and then suddenly go over and learn how to peel potatoes and like yeah. turn turn vegetables and then come back smelling like soup and then like do do you know business management and then go back and then start learning how to do pastries and. And that was literally my my last three years of um, university and college. Wow! Um, and had you uh, you told your family? I'm assuming. Yeah, that yeah. You, they, okay, then okay. I'm they're like, you're gonna be okay. Uh, I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine. It's like, don't worry. It's like, I'll figure it out. Like, what's the yeah. worst? Um, uh, backstory is also it did suck from like a financial standpoint. Yeah. Because like, um, my parents never paid for university. I paid for everything myself. Wow. Um, OSAP and everything. Right. Uh, something that I'm really really proud of is when I graduated. Um. Within six months, I paid everything off. Wow. I hate debt. Good for... I know. It's so anxiety. Debt is the worst. I don't know. I just don't like owing people stuff. Right. And I especially don't like owing bank Mm -hmm. or someone when it comes to money. Or the government, which is so sad. So like... And was it just because you like worked your ass off? Like how did you get that paid down? So so long story short, I actually... So growing up, I was taught to always save things. Like you'll... As we, I guess we talked, we'll, we'll learn a little bit more. It was that I was taught if I wanted something or I wanted to save money. Everything's about saving, 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 mm-hmm. saving, saving, saving. So, like, I also, like, I never got to do a lot of things because I would be like, oh, I can save that money or mm-hmm. I can save my time to do this and eventually get that. Like, if I wanted um, wanted a T-shirt, my parents would be like, okay, you want a T-shirt? Save money so that you can buy one. But I never had a job. So, mm-hmm. like, saving money took forever. Right? Exactly. It's like so, your birthday money and stuff. Yeah. So... Um, I guess you could go in university and stuff. I just saved everything. What it was like red pockets or like during high school, if I did like uh, pieing, uh, sending out flyers or stuff, I'd save all that money. I never used it for anything. Nice. And then um, university, same thing. I saved it. Um, and then it was just paying it off. I paid it off. Um, but backstory, the whole university stuff, university, college, graduated, did all that. Um, yeah, so I graduated with cooking and then... Laurier graduated with marketing and branding. Wow. And, and brand management and leaderships. And it's so unbelievable because that that's exa- literally exactly what you are utilizing currently for yeah, your brand, which yeah. is so rare. Yes. And it's crazy because you, um, um, you said something which was like, I did, you know, chemo, radiation in high school and like that was easy peasy. Um, I tell people like cancer was like the best thing that's ever happened to me as as thing as it says was because it opened my eyes but it was also one of the literally har- were, yeah oh wow <laughs> wow okay heather <laughs> good job there <laughs> but um because it was the the hardest thing i think i'll ever do not yeah. because of like the physical demands of like puking every day and nausea and all that stuff but the thing that i think was the hardest part of going through cancer um i tell people i'll do it again if wow. I'll do it again if one thing changes, which was the fact that I don't affect anybody else. Oh. That was the hardest part. Yeah. Was that it was learning that my existence was putting pain to people. 
right like as in like just me being alive caused people to be upset and sad and angry and like having to do things for me and all yeah. that stuff and i hated it which was an, which was a big reason why i was like i can't die or like mm-hmm. I have to go through it, or I have to go through this faster and get well better, because I didn't want other people to be burdened sad and burdened. Like, yeah. That was the thing; I hated it. Um, so that's why I was like, it was one of the hardest things I'll ever do. Yeah, yeah. But for because sure. of that, that I don't think anything else is impossible. Like I, got, I can do anything and everything. Literally, like that's honest to God. That's like the gift that you yeah, got from that. Like yeah. And and I believe that about you too because if you can get through that in six months and like the way that you did it, that's crazy. Like, of yeah. course you can do whatever the fuck you want. You yeah. Know? So whether it's like it was like two two programs at the same time, or um, you know, bodybuilding and competing, or um, you know, sort of my life now, my brand, and all the things that I do, um, people are like how do you do it? I was like, because I did something even more harder. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I guess from there, backstop there to university, graduated. Um, and then after I graduated, everybody, so I went, obviously I went to Laurier, uh, business school. All my friends are like, you know, the big four, they're making bank, yeah. like bank, bank, bank. Those guys are killing it. And I didn't, I never killed it at all. And then when I graduated, everybody had their jobs ready. Everybody right. was ready. Um, oh, sorry. Backstory. College. First thing I did when I, gra- when I went in there, I was like, I told, I went to the dean or whoever was in charge of culinary school. I'm like, I want to do skills. That competition oh, I did in high school. Nice. I was like, I want to do it. I did it in high school. I want to do it in university. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. We'll see. Whatever. I'm like, no, no. Because no. did you have to be selected by them? You do. Oh, and then I'm okay. like, okay, sure. We're, tell me when. Tell me where. I don't care. I'm applying. I want to do it. Um, long story short, they they wanted to hold some competition with other students to do it. And for some reason, like all the students bailed out against. Wow. So it was just me. And I went and I trained my ass off because I sort of I enjoyed it and like so training for that is a separate thing so imagine training for like a separate competition like an Olympics or something like that on top and then of going, going to, to two schools yeah what the fuck so, man <laughs> I wanted it I wanted it so bad long story short uh one one regionals one Ontario's um wow representing uh Ontario this time I did it twice I did it twice back to back uh I did it two times and like, like for, for what? For high school, for university. Oh, so the oh, first like, time I, I I came third. Okay, the first time, and then you did it one back. So and high school, I came fourth, right? And I came third, <gasps> third. In, in college, and then I was pissed. I was so pissed that I came third, and I did it again. I came second. Oh my god! So you have to do it one more and time. I lost this time. I lost by point five. No. Point five, and the reason why I lost was because I had a little piece of duck that was on my apron. I was so. Oh my it was god! A point, the, the judges and everybody was like. You are so perfect that that little thing made was st- stood out so much. Oh my god, that is so And annoying. it was also this thing where I missed the plating timeline by like 30 seconds. But for me it was because they're like you, you that cost you your point. And then I was like, but in, but this is how this is how I am. I was like I needed it to be perfect. Yeah. I'd rather have it perfect and how I wanted it and take that 30 seconds off and like take the hit. Yeah. Then put it on and not be happy with it yeah. and regret it. So like it was that stupid piece of duck and then my 30 seconds that costed me the win. That but, is agonizing. And then, um, yeah. And um, so I actually a judge. I'm now on the judge for skills. Oh, yeah, so, no, I, like... so I judge for the high school and the, col- and the, and the college level. And like um, it's crazy because now the people that judge me they're like my peers and mentors and they're on the same board and they always be like yo every time we would do the shows and competitions they'd be like yeah 
this guy we talk like whoa this guy's good this guy's good and then they'd be like yeah but it's not as good as some guy named Wallace I can't remember <laughs> it's like, so it's so it's very fun nice um, so that was the culinary backstop and then so I ended up I remember my last year I became I really wanted to get into this Michelin starred guy I wanted to be that Michelin starred chef the best chef in the world have people wait you know five six ten months for a reservation um which was uh and then I was like I want to there's a couple restaurants that I really loved and like I really wanted to work at and like that's sort of which cooking ones? so it was Alinea Alinea in Chicago they do it's almost like bar chef okay like bar chef I'm sure you've gone yes uh, I have definitely yeah. a place that you would go um um, that kind of molecular gastronomy that was that was that time of that of that age that and then a place called noma noma in denmark nice um so alinea was number seven in all the world number one in north america when at that time noma was number one in the world three three years in a row wow they're in denmark and then before that was el Bui. it was five years i wanted to go to these places and then so what i ended up doing was i ended up doing something called the stage a stage in the culinary world is an internship Okay. So all these fancy French words for <laughs> you say anything in French. It's, it's it sounds bu- it's bougie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, so um, throughout my university and college, I actually never had a reading week, or um, what do you call it, or like a spring break, or like, or, yeah. or, or, or a thing, because I cooked. Those were my only times right. I cooked. I never. So I would go and like I'd rather I'd cook at a restaurant or something like that. And I ended up wanting to do these internships and how I did it was like none of these restaurants have like internship programs that I could do now so I just emailed I emailed Ooh, and cold emailed and, and like a thing and I was like yeah I want to come and these places ended up um, offering me so Alinea I, okay backstory again so Alinea my last year of university they messaged me in about October and they're like hey we'd love to have you can you come in April for or when can you come I was like I am still in school and but I do have a reading week I'm doing a reading week I'll come so then they're like, okay, cool, perfect. And I was like, you know, like I said, I'm a student, didn't have much money. I, I was like, I'll save that money. December 24th, 11.50 something p.m. 11.54, 11.53. That's how like, vivid this is. Wow. I was in at home on my laptop, um, Christmas Eve. I opened my email and it says Noma, all right? And I, I replied to them in September. I didn't hear back from them anyways. And it said Noma. And I was like, hey, Wallace, um, this is this is Chef, Chef uh, Matt Blondin. I mean, sorry, Matt Orlando. Uh, shout out Matt Blondin. He's a boy of mine. He runs okay. Blondies in Toronto. But anyways, Matt Orlando, um, I'm the head chef of Noma. Uh, we received a thing and we'd like to offer you um, an internship. But we do request that all internships are at least the minimum uh, two months. I was like, oh, snap. What? So I'm like, wait, I've got Alinea and I've got Noma. I don't have money to pay for this shit. Yeah. Like, I don't have money to pay for anything. Like, very, like, let rent, alone like live there yeah, for rent two is already, months. So I'm like, what the hell to do? And I didn't want to say no. I'm like, okay, cool, perfect. Because these are like the best restaurants in the world. Like, yeah. Like, it would almost be like saying I'm working at Tesla or like yeah. Apple HQ or like Google. Google. But like yeah. the main top places. Um, so I was like, yeah, we'll do it. And without saying, without figuring out how. And I was like, okay, I need to figure out, I need money. I was like, I am broke as fuck. Um, <laughs> so what happened was that year, my exams were totally opposite of when my regular, when all my other friends were, just because of Conestoga and, and Laurier. Mm-hmm. So when people had their exams, I didn't have my exams. So when I had my exams, they did. So what I did, ended up doing was I ended up doing a pop-up out of my dorm what so 
I ended up so a friend of mine during that time, uh, his name's Nick. Nick and Nat. They used to run a restaurant in KW downtown KW called Nick and Nat's Uptown Twenty One. Um, they did something called Brown Bread Fridays. So they just for like five bucks, here's a sandwich. Um, and that's it. That's so, so smart. So like they would do it for like their business time. And I and feel I, like this is not like, this was like before like the pop-up. Cause this yeah, would yeah, be yeah. like what? Like 2008, 9, 11. Yeah, exactly. 10, like those, so like, I was like, hmm. I was like, let me figure this out. So, and like everybody wanted my food. People started sort of knew me as the guy who, like I said, cooks at people's parties at dorms. Yeah. At, Cause I didn't drink. So oh, like, okay. I didn't drink. I would always be sober and laughing at people and like I'd be able to cook and stuff. Um, um, and what happened? You, were you just never interested in drinking, or you'd rather cook, or like? It was because I got into like the, the fitness thing a bit. Oh, okay, fitness so you'd already bit, started, but also because I can't afford it. Right, the, I, I couldn't very afford to drink. Fair. I couldn't afford to drink, um, and I didn't fair. like drinking. I didn't like because I was, like I said, I was a fat kid. Yes. Um, so I, I got skinny fat. I got a little bit skinny fat, um, but I never. So I, I didn't want to get fat anymore. And I, I knew like beer and all that crap would make you fat, yeah. so I didn't drink. Very smart. Um, but anyways, I was like, okay, what do I got to do here? So I ended up selling, my first one that I did was I did pulled pork sandwiches out of my dorm. That's unbelievable. It was crazy because obviously it's not, it was not to code. Like, you know, I had bread in my dorm, in my bedroom and I used all the, all the, the storage space in our fridges. How were you cooking it? Like, did you have even No, any... just in my house. In like but did you even have room. like, like dorm rooms I feel like have hot plates only. Like, did you even have like oh, a stove? I, or... Actually, I never lived on dorm. I lived off campus. Oh, okay. So you but, had like a, an actual kind of kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a stove and oven. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That was it. It was literally just a four burner stove and okay. a regular fridge. That was it. And I remember, because I lived on, the building had four floors. I was on the top floor and it, and I I used Facebook. I used Facebook and we just did a Facebook group because, like I said, no Instagram, no anything. Mm-hmm. Facebook group and I, people started, I started inviting everybody in, on campus and stuff. And I'd be like, yeah. And I made pill pork sandwiches and I sold it cheaper than whatever was on campus. Because oh, my smart. dorm was literally across from or across from campus. Right, right. So, like, say you, you get a meal, it was like 10 bucks or 10 something. Like I sold the sandwich for like seven or something like that or buy two for 10. And oh, then no okay. tax, no anything. So like, you just come with a five or a ten, and like you can get it and you leave. It was insane because like people would line up, it w- in the stairwell from the top of my like my rhyme room all the way outside to the street. Wow! It was this insane thing. And I remember my uh, my ex at the time, um, five minutes in, she's like, "Yo, I quit. I can't do this." <laughs> she's like, "It's way too hectic." She quit, and I was like, "Fuck, you're like, fuck!" So, so you're by yourself. She ended up helping. But oh, like, okay, good. She ended up helping, but she's like, "Yeah, I'm not doing this again." Um, so I ended up selling pulled pork sandwiches that that first time. Um, made some money on that one. How much did you make? Do you remember? Uh, I think I profited eight hundred bucks. That's for, for unbelievable. And yeah, I made eight hundred after all said and done. Um, and then I did that, and I did it again, but this time I did tacos. I did, I did like Korean pulpo. I I did, I this is art. This was twenty. Twenty eleven or whatever it was that, it was before this trend of tacos came out. Yeah. So I did. I was doing Korean style tacos. Oh. Before Korean style tacos was a thing. Worth I just thing. Th- it makes me think of this now. I was like, wait, hold on. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a thing. I I I, uh, I sold tacos. That was my next one. Made nice. some money there, and that one was able to pay for my Alinea. Oh my god! My linear stage to go to Chicago. So, how did, did you have like a set number that you no. needed? Uh, 
Like, did you have like, okay, I need three thousand dollars to go there and do that? Or, or I think at the end of the day, it was like fifteen to two thousand, something like that. Oh, okay, something like that. I can't remember. It was because I stayed at a hostel. Right. Like, okay. I, I literally stayed at a hostel. It was like fifteen dollars a night. Right. Like, right literally, right. it was like the most jankest. Yeah. I was like, I just need to cook. That was you it. just yeah. I literally cooked. I ate Subway every day. It was five dollars <laughs> for a foot long. Yeah. All in. Like that's all I ate. Um. Yeah. So the, everything was for the flight. Pretty much it was for the flight. Right. And then the hostel. So that paid for it. Now I had to take care of freaking Noma. That was the expensive one. But still, that is so chilling to know that like you just said yes. And like I l- absolutely love that. You just like figured out yeah, something yeah. and then, you know yeah. what I mean? It, it so then, worked. Now I had to figure out how to pay for Noma. Because this is Denmark. This yeah. Is Denmark. A little I'm bit there of for like a... three months. Oh and, my like, God. So. And what's their. They're not on the Euro, are they? Or are they? Or yes, back then. They. Or, no, they they're on the Kroner. Oh, okay. The Danish Kroner. Anyway, long story short, Denmark is expensive as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It's like the most expensive place in the world. So Literally. Like, I, I think it's on the rankings for that. Probably in like Finland, I hear too. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do. And I ended up creating a charity dinner at Conestoga. So what? I like, I'm like, I, I like swizzled my way, convinced like the, like the school to let me do this dinner. And like, and at that time, like they knew me as like, you know, the chef, the cook, like I, I was the guy who won for skills. And like, I was a guy at, on you that. You had a little bit of like A little clout. bit of leverage yeah. enough to be like, hey, I really need to go to this They're restaurant. They're gonna take you And they all knew about this restaurant. So they all were, it was very uh, supportive. But so I did, I had to, I had to create this pop-up charity dinner while going to school again. Oh so, like, my I cooked, God. I cooked during like, when I was off from school and classes and then I would pop into people's classes to be able to use their kitchens and long story short, I remember that one I raised like two thousand dollars or something like that. And like the school or like it wasn't the school itself, but like the dean donated like two hundred bucks. I remember when wow. Gary Howman like he gave me two hundred. Um like and then people just little donations here and there. And then um it was enough for a flight. It was enough for a flight and then I ended up just working a little bit to get the rest of it. And then I uh, had a family friend who worked at um, so, so conveniently random uh, for, I think, United Nations or like UNICEF or what something like that. So she had a friend that was in Denmark. Oh, my God. Up, what are the odds? That I don't yeah, know anyone that neither from do Denmark. I. Neither <laughs> do I. And, then, and so I ended up staying at a Danish family. And then so oh, okay. I, I, I paid, I think I paid rent. I can't remember what it was very affordable. Minimal, yeah. It was very affordable, but I stayed in a little room. Um, yeah, I made it happen. And like, I didn't That's buy anything in Denmark because it's so expensive. Yeah, food yeah. I literally survived off the scraps at the restaurant. And wow. like anything that they would throw out, I would keep and I would, that would that, that's what I ate. So like the leftover eggs for the day that were not right, good because like we use everything fresh. Yeah. Right. So the eggs that day leftover, I would bring you that home. Them. The leftover sourdough, the trimmings from the vegetables, and like for instance, if you butcher fish, all the bones and the fish bones, I would bring home, and that would be my meals. Like yeah. Like scrape by because like that was it. Like I said, I was learned to save. Yeah. I learned to save, not spend, or not make money. Um, but that's vice versa now. Vice versa now to me, um, we can talk about it later, is like I'm totally opposite now. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've switched my mindset and it's changed my entire life. Really? Yeah, it's changed my entire life of like I don't save anymore. 
I learned to make more money. Yeah, that's another and that's strategy for sure. that's allowed me to like, sure. do a lot of things. More. But anyways. Um, so how are these? So you did both of these internships. Which one did you do first? Alinea. So okay. Alinea, that was my reading week. And then I came back after that reading week. I remember I, all I thought about was Michelin stars. All I started, I remember I wrote a document. It was like best chef, best restaurant in the world by Wallace Wong. And like I already talked about how it's going to look. And I wrote this during my business classes. Like, wow. I remember all these things. And I, and then I went to Noma. I went to Noma three months. Amazing. It was like I was with some. Of the, I was with like the best chefs in the world. And like that place, those both those places pushed me so hard. It was so different. Alinea was the hardest restaurant I've ever worked at. It was like military, very military, like very like hierarchy, very gung ho. You get your ass in. Like every day, I saw someone quit or someone cry, and someone would get hired. Oh my god, and that's then, literally like then, master or Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it was like Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> But without the chaos. Real life, yeah. It was Hell's Kitchen without any of the chaos. Oh, wow. So Which was like, even worse. Oh, my God. A very drill, very, like, you can't step a line. Like, the, everything was so perfectly created in that restaurant, meaning um, everything was meant to be clockwork. So, right. like, if you had to, you, we only, everything was, like, one of everything. One spatula, one, one blender and stuff. If you needed to use it, you had to use it, and you had to have this certain time, and you had to make sure you did it perfect. Because someone else would be like, I need it now. I need it after you. How long? You mm-hmm. say ten, and you're not ten, and he put his like time of ten, and you have to be twenty. You screwed up him, right. and everybody gets pissed off and everything. Everybody gets so like it's clockwork. So you learned how to do everything efficiently, and you also learned how to like hide things, mm. hide all the containers that you need or this and that. Um, but it was a gr- it was food wise, it was like the mecca and really like, introduced me everything. And like the first day, I didn't know what was happening. Like no, I was just like the random person that was there and I remember I started washing dishes during the during like dinner service and stuff because no one told me what to do like I was just doing things I was randomly getting past the first day and then the chef came to me at the end of the day and he's like hey what the hell are you doing he's like you're not here to learn how to wash dishes you're here to learn to cook so then he, and he's like he went to some chef and he's like hey you're gonna be with him I was like good like i just needed this is, what, to, this is what i needed from the beginning yeah, i was getting passed guy. around like a freaking rag doll the whole day just doing randomness yeah so then day two was when i, I got i was on a station i was on a station so i, I started getting hierarchy by day three i was rocking it i oh, was nice. rocking it left i was smooth as butter people wouldn't like people wouldn't f- ask me for things and i'd figure it out i knew exactly how to like m- not how to move around the kitchen how to figure out who's the a-hole who's the dick that's gonna like come and like piss you off on purpose yeah. or do things to like you know sabotage you and everything by day four i um chefs would be like chefs offered me jobs to come back and everything oh wow and then yeah i was i was just really good i'm not trying to brag myself no but, but i learned to survive and like adapt really hard and i realized that was my first time i cooked that that level yeah and i that was the first time that someone acknowledged me saying like yo you are good that's amazing. Um, and uh, what happened was then I came back, like I said, Michelin stars. Noma was totally opposite. Totally opposite. Very European. Very relaxed. Like, one and a half hour lunch break. What does that mean? One what? Half, like, I could just sit outside? Like, because it's also Denmark. Like, some of the cooks would go and go for a swim. And like... Oh my God. During, and like, what is happening? They have life figured out over there, man. Listening to music and like... You know, over here, there was no music. There was no... There was silence. Yeah. Over here, there was music. Everybody was chatting and talking. It was like amazing. But it was still hard. It yeah. was still hard because... Everybody there was either like a, a, a great sous chef or executive chef of some Michelin star restaurant already. 
Yeah. So I was some young buck coming in, like From thinking Canada. I was okay. I was, yeah. I was like decent going there and be like, yo, I'm I'm not as good, but I'm like I'm not as good, but compared to everybody in resume form, but like I I know I can cook just as good as you. Mm-hmm. I remember one day someone some chef came to me and like there was something that some it was uh, for elderflower these like little flowers and stuff. I was supposed to pick it and put it in these nice little bunches and stuff, and then the the person who was before me on that station gave me all of them to do. And I was picking these things out. There was there was only like it looked very scarce, like very skinny anorexic sort of like branches. I was picking it up. The chef that was I was supposed to report to comes to me. He's like, "This is not it. This is not what it's supposed to look like. What the fuck is this?" And, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, "Sorry, sorry." He's like, "We need better ones." And he picked that one out and put it in. But he had so much stuff to do. And I was picking and picking. And I sent it to him. He comes back. He goes, "What the hell is what is wrong with you?" Like I said, this is not right. And because he got in trouble, that's why, right? Mm. So that's another thing. And like. It's like anything in life. Like someone gets in trouble by someone else and puts it on to someone else. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then finally he comes back and I hate getting yelled at. I, as a kid, like I hate getting yelled at. Um, I don't like it. Um, I always try to like, as much as you please everybody. Yeah. Because like I was bullied as a kid for being fat. Oh, So like shit. I hated any of that. That's so much story stuff. Um, so anyways, he comes to me. He's like, you know what? You have to remember where you where you are. This is not no SpongeBob SquarePants place that you came from. I don't know where you came from, but this is freaking normal. We are the best in the world. So get your freaking thing or get out. Oh my god! And then god. I was, I was like, yeah. And then I remember I went to our change room, and no one was there. And I looked out the window, and it was the ocean. It was the ocean and the oh, dock, wow. and I'm just like, don't don't quit. I was like, don't quit. I'm like, and it made me think about. I'm like, this is this this is not as hard as going through that. Yeah. And I remember I just I was like, breathe. Breathe like yeah. I'm a big motive, self motivator because no one, no one ever motivated me. I had to, I have to motivate myself for a lot of my stuff. And I was like, well, it's just like handle yourself, you know, snap out of it. Yeah, you can. You're good. You can do this. And I just remember like, okay, let's do it. I came back out, and then I went back, and then I looked at my stuff, and then he came to me. He's like, and then he's he was coming about to yell at me. I'm like, okay, look, like look, this is what I have. What do you want from me? Like, what do you want? And he's like, why is it like this? Why does it look like this? Why is there like no flowers? I'm like, this is what I've been given. Yeah, and then like, I was, and he's like, oh, "What?" And he's like, "Where's the rest?" I'm like, "I have no clue. I just came on the station." And then he goes and he finds me, and then I, we find this bag of the fresh one, and it literally looks fresh, full. There's bouquets of flowers of this pickled elderflower, and I'm picking them like, I'm like, and he's like, like that. I'm like, dude, yeah, but it's not my technique. It's that we had shitty flowers. Yeah, so I picked them <laughs> nice and gave them to him, and he's like, "This is amazing, like amazing." It was all this stuff. Let's so I was like, I was like, though. "This sucks balls." And then I remember, and me being me, I remember after the service, I came in and I'm like, hey, look, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, like, get you in trouble or anything, but that was what I'd given. And he's like, no, no, it's okay, my bad. And then that sort of solidified our friendship. Mm. And then, like, we, like, rocked that station from then on. And I was like, nice. you know, I just had a great time then. Um, but, yeah, that was Noma. So I left. And then when I left that, I did a Euro trip for the first time and, like, went to like, these Michelin star restaurants and everything. And I came back. And that was actually at Noma. Renee, who was the chef there, was when I met David Chang. And who's that? David Chang is the founder, owner, chef, CEO of the Momofuku Group. Oh. Uh, Momofuku, Momofuku Toronto, Momofuku New York. Unbelievable. Um, on Chef's Table. Okay. On Netflix, Ugly Delicious, um, Breakfast, Lunch, Dinner. Nice. Um, he wow. He was on Times, some of the top 100 most influential people in the world, GQ. Um, men of the year. He wow, was, he's a guy. He's a dude. He's someone to know. I remember Renee was like, so. And this is in Denmark, right? Den- Denmark. Okay. While I was cooking, 
Um, Renee goes, Wallace, do you know David Chang? I was like, yeah, of course I know him. He's like, you know he's here, right? I do. Because we're obviously, when we cook for VIPs, we like, or anybody, we, briefed. we have a CIA, like, we know exactly where he's been before, where someone's been, what they drank, what they ate last oh, time, wow. where their flight, where they're staying. We do everything because, like, we're the best in the world. Yeah. You know, we're the best in the world. Um, we pride ourselves off that. And he randomly, during the middle of the service, like, yeah, you need to, you need to meet him. I'll, I'll introduce you to him. I'm like, okay, sure. And then, um, Random service, he pulls me aside, introduces me to the to, to Chang. I'm still cooking and stuff, and then he's like, "Yeah, did you know like David Chang is he's opening a restaurant in Toronto?" I was like, "Oh no way!" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah, like, dude, would you like to work at? Like, you should talk to him." I'm like, "Oh," I was like, "Oh, I didn't know." I was like, "Amazing!" And then he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Like, David, uh, chef's like, "Yeah, um, just send me an email. Send me an email, and we'll figure things out." I was like, okay, oh, amazing. I was like, okay, awesome. I'm gonna get back to work. Sorry, I've got a lot of sh- a lot of shit to do. I'm in the weeds, and then that was it. Um, and that started my opening of technically landing a job, opening up Momofuku Shoto. And so you did end up working there. I did. So that's amazing. Backstory. So after universe, after Denmark, went back to university. Everybody graduated. Everyone's like, where are we? they're going to like E and Y, P and G. You know, Ernst. Um, you know the big four KPMG KP, yeah. making all these bank money I'm, and I'm like oh I'm gonna go open a restaurant yeah. <laughs> it, it felt pretty good I was like you know what it's well okay. with some pretty influential well, people that like. and it's cause like I'm like I just worked at some of the great places this etc I'll be okay like, I, I still wanted to be that chef um, that that dude and then I remember so when I got that job at Mofuku um, cause they, they are three tiers, right? They had the noodle bar, they had uh, Show at that moment, which was like the family style. And then they had Shoto, which was like the tasty menu. I oh, thought I was nice. going to work at Shoto. No. Cause at that time I never worked at a restaurant restaurant, right? Right, right. For any, like for longer than maybe a month. Right. My longest thing was maybe a month or two. Yeah. At a restaurant. So although my resume sounded good in regards to like some of the places, the stay and the amount of time I was there wasn't a lot. So they hired me at Momofuku. But they hired me as like the very lowest of the low. Oh, so like shit. I'd be in the basement cutting green onions and like oh, no. unpacking ingredients and crap. But I took it. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll take whatever. Because you can easily move up. Yeah. I don't know. I was just more of like fact of like, I was like, yo, I'm in Momofuku. Yeah, you wanted to. Because yeah. at that time, Momofuku was like the sh- the sh- Yeah, like the it's shit. brand new. And, they were yeah. the thing. Um, but backstory, he was, David Chang was actually there because he was filming uh, Mind of a Chef. Okay. This my chef. If you ever go back on Netflix and watch episode two when he's in Denmark, you'll see me for like five seconds. Oh, okay. so I'm technically on Netflix. Nice. But um, he was filming that, which was kind of cool. Anyways, so I got hired there, and it took a couple months. A couple months, obviously construction and everything happened, and then they ended up somehow putting me at Shoto instead. Oh. So I was like, oh, amazing, oh, great, great, great. And then, I, but I was like, Shoto was like, we call it the Kami. Call me is like your lowest, basically your kitchen bitch. Okay. Your kitchen bitch. I was like, you know, doing everything that the chef wouldn't do, like peeling yeah. potatoes and making stocks and stuff. But I would take it. I would take it. Um, we so we opened it up. I was the kami. Long story short, because the shoto we only cooked for twelve people twice, twice a night. So oh. twenty four people, and almost like a kaisaki. And a you you saw everybody. We we talked to you. Here's your right. dish. We cooked twelve courses. That was a thing. It was like a speakeasy separate. Like you can't come in. You have to have reservations. Um, nice. So I was kami. One of the cooks couldn't couldn't hang. He just mm. he couldn't hang and he got fired. He got fired and then everybody was like looking for someone. Everybody was looking for another chef, another cook to replace him. And then at that time, 
they just because they wanted someone good, really, really good, and they couldn't find anybody, and they didn't know what to happen. And then Chang, the, uh, David's like, David was like, "What are you guys doing? Why are you guys looking for someone? Put Wallace on there." And then they're all like, "No, are you like?" They're like, "No, he hasn't cooked. He's not that. He's not thing." And Chang's like, "Just put him on. Trust me." And wow. And they ended up doing it. So I ended up taking that thing and to prove myself. I had yeah. to prove myself. But at that moment, Chang sort of took me under the wing because when we were opening, when I was still a commie, he would sort of nitpick at my stuff on purpose. Like when I was walking with um, with like hot stock, I'd be like, "Oh, hot behind," and then like no one would listen. And he saw this. I'd be like, "Hot behind," and he's like, "Wallace, what do you say when you're hot? When you think you have to go hot behind?" And then he, I was like, "Hot behind," and no one moved. And then he paused the entire kitchen, like all the kitchens. And he's like, guys, we have to be the best. You guys know a place called El Bui? Like, what do they do when they're going? Everybody says, show, behind, show, behind. Everyone moves. It's like clockwork. All these injuries in the kitchen is preventable by stupidity mm-hmm. and by ignorance of ourselves. So, Wallace, how do, what do you do when you have this? You take it. And he's a big dude, right? He's like a bear. So he's like, you take this and you go, hot, behind. And he was like screaming. And everyone's like, oh, oh, oh you hear it. And he's like, and he gives me this hot stock. And he's like, your turn. What do you, and then I'm like, hop behind. He's like, louder, hop behind. I'm like, and he's like, louder. I'm like, hop behind. I'm screaming. I'm like, a, it's like a little drill sergeant kind of thing. Yeah. And then um, everybody's sort of laughing at me. And he's like, good. And then he's like, that's how you're supposed to do it, everybody. Like, everything we have to do, we have to try to be our best. Yeah. Like, but it's true. Like, if, like, just yell it louder and then, like, no one's going to get injured, you know? Yeah. But it was like yelling versus, like, screaming. Screaming, yeah. It was different. It was just a little <laughs> emphasized. Yeah. Um, but proving a point, which yeah, is necessary, point. right? So, like, um, yeah. And then from there on, he sort of took me on under his wing and, like, some, he'd come in and we'd say hi. And then he'd, he'd start recipe testing. And then uh, he'd be like, Walsh, what do you think? What's, wow. What are your thoughts? What does this taste like? What do you? What does it think it needs? And it was really good. I remember um, eventually he put me on, right? He put me on and then he would do a couple things where I look up to him a lot for that um, as a mentor. Because like one day I'd be cooking and then like he'd leave and then he instead of saying bye to me, he'd be like, bye, bye Walsh, have a good night. And then he'd stop and he'd say bye to everybody. And then he didn't have to do stuff like this, but he'd turn around and he'd be like, Renee fucking chose you. Don't you forget that. Renee wow. fucking chose you, man. And then he'd leave. He made sure that everybody would hear it. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like a yeah. shy. I'm not like an open dude. I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, you know, okay. And then like all these guys would look at me and be like, eh. And yeah. then same thing when we were at the kitchen. And I remember everybody was like going for lunch and stuff. And then I was like, yeah, yeah I'll be there. I'll be there. I, I was just cleaning up my station, putting things up. And David was um, chef. It's still weird calling him Dave. Um, chef was still on, on the counter in front of me. And then he's just watching me do stuff. And then he he stops. And then I remember this vividly. He goes, Wallace, if I had like 15 of you, I'd open 15 more restaurants. Wow. What was, a fucking and then massive he, and compliment. Then he, and he's just like, you're just good. Just just keep doing what you're doing. And like it was very genuine. Yeah. And it was very like sort of fatherly mentor coach kind of thing. And I was like, yes, yeah, chef. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... So he put me on on the sh- on the station, and I proved myself that I could do it. Yeah. Like every day I'd do it, and like got to a point where like he just come and like sort of go through everybody's station and he just pat me on the back and just like, keep on going. And then I became the, I became like one of the one of the team. So there was yeah. only four of us. So I became the four of us. But wow. during and then we we came second in all of Canada. Oh my uh, god! Best in restaurant what, in what? Can, oh, like best what restaurant in no no like as the uh, the global ranking like we oh. were number two when we opened. 
Chris Noel Smith gave it to us on the Globe and Mail. We were number two in Canada. Wow. We were the best in Toronto. We were on the top. Like, I was on the top of the culinary world in regards to Canadian and, like, um, you know, cuisine. Yeah. And um, it was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was when um, everyone's like, oh, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving, and et cetera. And then most of the guys that are from America, they're in the States, right? So they're they're all like, yeah, we're, I'm not, I haven't seen my family in a while. I haven't seen my family in a while. Is long it Canadian time. Thanksgiving or American Thanks, Thanksgiving? Canadian. Okay. But at the same time, we were celebrating the same thing. Right. And then people were like, yeah, I'm going just going on vacation. I haven't seen my family. We don't talk anymore because I haven't seen them. We're always working. We're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to spend it with a friend, et cetera. And it made me think, and then because we'd always talk about stuff, like as in, like we'd talk about, oh, look at the servers. It must be nice coming at four o'clock, you know, you know, polish some glasses, get tips, look all nice, don't be, don't have to be sweaty, and then move things around and get to talk to people and drink some wine and have a good day. Or like we'd look at like bankers and investment people and business people that would come and do their meetings at four o'clock, drinking whiskeys and like having to come. Like, must be nice to have that kind of life where we're like slaving, yeah. we're slaving away. And then at that point, I was like. There's a, you might be talking about stuff, but it's, there's truth in everything we say. So Thanksgiving and all that stuff, and it got to a point where I'm like, I don't. This is this is kind of sucks. Like these are the, the some of the best chefs in the world, and they don't have this. They're not like happy or yeah. Yeah, per se. And I'm like, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can do that. And this with like, um, with like my thing with cancer and stuff, and like new look on life. And I was like. There's a lot of things I can't do or I want to do and I can't do because of this career. So I'm like, I got to get out before I get stuck because everybody gets stuck in the industry. Mm, yeah. I've cooked with so many people that are like 60, 70, 50, whatever, or people that literally just stay because they don't know what else to do or they don't, on their days off, they don't want to go learn another yeah, job. Yeah, they feel like it's too late. You, it's not just too late, but a lot of times you can't even because like all the classes are during during right. your service time. You can't leave service if that's your, your business, right? Right. Um, so I was like, I told them I got to leave. Oh my God. I told them I got to leave. I didn't give them two weeks. You didn't give them two no, weeks? You just no. like up and left? No, not even. No, I would never do that. I was going to say, okay. I gave them, I was like, I'll leave whenever we're ready. I ended up staying for another six months. Whenever who's ready? We were. Oh, we like, still were just Because you're grooming. Until, oh, right. Yeah, right, so right. I was like, whenever we train someone else and like, we're good. And what was David's response to that? Was he shocked? <sighs> this is like something that I sort of dread a little bit um, was... I didn't exist him anymore. Oh fuck! It was sort of like he a slap feels like on you like face. turned your yeah, back. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I talk about, I talk to myself or really close people, and I guess now I'll share with everyone. Was like, yeah, it became this like slap in the face, and I don't, and it sucked because like it went from saying hi and like talking to like nothing, yeah, to, like nothing at all. And I remember, I don't regret it. I just like if I ever meet him again, like we've never met again. Like ever wow. since I've never met him. If I ever do, I would always be like, "Hey, I apologize. I'm sorry." Like, but like, thanks for everything you've done. Yeah. And I remember when I left, I was at the, I was, like I said, I was at the top, and I told myself and I told everybody that I was there. I was like, and I made sure I told myself, or else I was, I didn't know what I was gonna do. I was like, whatever I do, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but it has to be worth leaving, being at this. the top. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I left. That's crazy. And but then, honestly, good for you though, because you obviously saw like sort of the life that you wanted and like you have to do what you have to do. Like Yeah, so at the same time, I ended up, I was starting to like work out a 
big time. Okay. So when I was university in Laurier, we got the we got the you know the Laurier gym and the the gym. Yeah, I didn't know. And had you and I know we didn't really touch on this, but what, after you were sort of like deemed obese as a kid, did you sort of like like get active? Yeah, that so way? And did you sort of stay? What active happened was then? when I went to Gertrude, like grade six, seven, eight. Uh, that was the year where it was a whole new start. Like no one knew right, me no yet, one knew right? Who you were, yeah. So like, but I was still like that fat, chunky, sort of preppy, very good kid. Yeah. Um, but I made new friends, and there was basketball. There was basketball oh, okay. team. So then I wanted to make the basketball team, and like uh, that was a really big motivator. But it was also that everybody started having crushes, and then girls right, were like, right, hey, right. "Guys, the guys are like a girls." Like I want girls to like me too. Yeah. And like, but no one like the fat kid, and like so I started losing weight, and like it was all for basketball and for that. Okay, cool. And then so um, you've sort of already always since then ish stayed. No. So funny thing is, I I'm I'm not the best at basketball. You know, I'm not freaking MJ. I'm not freaking yeah. you know um, anybody like that. So. I it took me all of grade six, seven, eight to make the team. Oh wow! So I finally made the team in grade eight. Nice. After three Congrats. years. Thanks. Um, it's and then um, that happened the same thing in high school. So grade nine, ten, eleven, twelve, I wanted to make the junior team, and I mean, I didn't get to make any of them until last until oh grade twelve. Oh my god, that's so funny! But every year I worked onto it. Um, it was a thing. So um, I I turned skinny fat, like I said, right, skinny fat right. university, skinny fat. And did you know P90X and like P90X just became P90 abs and biceps. All I did abs and biceps, abs and biceps. No, <laughs> I feel like that's mostly like university knew, guys knew nothing about nutrition. Yeah. Um. So I was just skinny and fat. And then when I graduated, I needed a gym. I needed a gym big time. So I went to Good Life. Went to Good Life. Started training. And then some a trainer there was like, Hey, like you're here all the time and like you know you work out more than most people do. Do you ever think of competing? I didn't know what competing was. And then I was like. You know what? Maybe I'll do it. I needed that motivator to like actually get into nutrition, and like, mm-hmm. so I got in the best shape of my life. But I realized that I didn't have any like, and I and, like so I competed, best shape of my life. I got shredded, and like I realized though that I wasn't training properly. Oh. I wasn't training properly. I looked great, but I had no muscle. So everything I was doing, I was lifting you know crazy impressive weights and stuff, but there was no muscle or nothing to show for. And that's how I started my bodybuilding career. Okay. Or a thing of competing. Yeah. So like, I, and I, th- is this this is is this happening like during all this or? Yeah, it was happening during uh, cooking during when I was like momofuku and all that. Oh, stuff. okay. So okay. so like, I so that's a, that's where people started knowing me of like competing, but then they knew that I was a chef, and so I started becoming this guy named the muscle chef, or you're that chef that competes, or you're that you're that um you're that flexing chef, or that you know yeah that bro chef, and then. I was like, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just a chef. And then um, I ended up uh, becoming Six Pack Chef. That's how Six Pack Chef started. So from like just everyone else saying? From me competing and okay. me cooking at restaurants. Yeah, so we, I want you to dive into this so badly. So were you, so you've left uh, Momofuku and then, did, so did you com- like compete bodybuilding or was it? Yeah, like, it was what, bodybuilding. Okay. So, so I represent Canada right now. Like I'm, oh really? I'm international, yeah. Oh so my god! I've I've, uh, I've done the Arnold Classic, uh, amateur. I've competed in North Americans, and uh, yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, Congrats! So, thanks. Um, so yeah, cooking, restaurants, bodybuilding, same time competing. Um, what happened was when I left Moofuku, I didn't know what I was gonna doing. At that time, um, I was just taking care of my grandparents because they both ended up having strokes and stuff. Oh, but because no. I didn't have a job, I didn't have a job. I ended up going back to school for food science. Which oh, okay. I did not finish, okay, because it was online, and I didn't take science beforehand, so I had to take I had to learn bio and chemistry. Oh my god! By myself online as a prerequisite. Jesus. To get to go to food science, and I so I ended up going to 
and I did it. It took me a while. It took me like one or two years, but to do the food science course at Guelph, and I didn't finish it because it was five courses or something like that. I did three of them, and I didn't do the rest of the two because unfortunately I don't think that program is that great. Oh. Then really, it was like all just theory. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe I'll, after this I'll learn how to make a product. Yeah, incorrect. 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 <laughs> Incorrect. It's more like, okay, this is how you commercialize things. This is like a commercial right. restaurant thing. So anyways, long story short was I need money and need stuff. I need to figure out what to do. So I ended up teaching. Teaching culinary teaching. school. Oh, culinary. Oh, nice. At like Nella, Kachina. Mm-hmm. And I picked up random gigs in here and there. And then um, what happened was I ended up doing, trying different things. So Six Pack Chef was this thing that came and happened where um, I had a friend and my uncle, he shoots for like Fairchild and he did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and his friends shot for Nat Geo. And it was the time of like apps and like blogs and Mm -hmm. vlogs and stuff. So they wanted to find, wanted to do that kind of stuff, but they needed a medium to do it. And then my uncle talked about me, about the fitness guy, and then that, that still has a chef, and I had the cancer backstory. And they're like, yo, let's, let's, let's figure out, maybe we can use you as, like, the thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, so we need a name, we need a brand, we need something. They're like, okay, what do you think? And then we came up with, somehow we all co- collectively came up with the, with the name Six Pack Chef. Oh, awesome. We created awesome. a brand, we created, like, a website and everything. Um, we shot, like, three videos. So what were these videos necessarily for? Like, it So was- it was going to be an app of pretty much... Of me showing cooking tips and tricks and recipes oh, okay. and okay. all that kind of stuff. That was like a free, and then it became premium for like exclusive crap. Right, right, right. Um, long story short, was I think at the end of the day, they it was a passion project for them, and they're just so good at what they do, and they're at a certain level, they can't dumb it down. Yeah. So like one video took five guys in a whole day to do for a video that's not getting paid. Yes, yes. Right. Yes. So what they ended up doing was they're like, yeah, this like it might take this is too much and like everyone started getting busy so then it sort of disbanded but then we still had the website and we still had the brand and I was like okay I'll take it yeah I'll take it because it's mine uh, like as in like I represent it per se so I took it so then that's where I started taking Six Pack Chef and then I didn't know what I wanted to do with it so at the f- I started uh, doing random events random events so like when it came to like the fitness industry I was starting making like cheat foods and like you know guilty cookies and like oh. or like i'd go to events and i'd cook for the judges for the competition and became that kind of stuff and then i also started doing like little pop-ups and little things and, and is this this just you like having these random ideas and just executing like no trying one... yeah so a lot of my thing is tasting what i mean by tasting is um trying things out like my the last 10 years like what people see of six pack chef now is me trying so much crap for the last yeah. 10 people think it's like people might see it be like oh how'd you do how'd you get six pack chef in this yeah. yeah i was like i've been trying for the last 10 15 20 15 years you know what i mean yeah. where like i've tried um meal prep service i've done meal prep i've done consulting i've done uh, personal training i got to a point where i needed to make money big time i had no money i had nothing um i've never actually had a salary until last year wow i've never actually made more than 17 dollars an hour Oh my god! I I made seventeen dollars an hour, um, twenty seventeen. Holy shit! So I was twenty. Was that seven? Twenty seven. Yeah, I was twenty seven. So like until twenty seven, I never made seventeen. Was the most I've ever made in my life. Wow. Um. Well, like I said, all my friends are caking it. Yeah. Nice cars, buying condos, and like going on vacations and crap. And that that was still me in that mindset of save, 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 save. Then if you want something to buy yeah so um yeah so i tried all that kind of stuff it got to a point where i also tried um meal prepping 
meal prepping for specifically not like you know one cup of rice here's five broccoli stems and six ounces of chicken because um, there's meal prep companies that do it everybody wanted me to do it and I didn't want to do it it was because that's not how, why I like to cook it yeah. I get bored so I was like I need something else different so I ended up doing something more unique was I ended up doing sort of this underground um, meal prep service for specifically some high tier elite athletes so I picked oh. and choose and because I picked and choose was the reason is I didn't cook the carbs and I didn't cook the vegetables. These guys, you can cook that yourself. You know how to cook it or you're at a level where, you know, they're easy enough. Get it brought in you can, you, Yeah. I cooked all only proteins. Oh. And because that's what everyone fucks up on. Everyone fucks up on. Yes. And I was able to do it in a way where, like, I sold them in bulk. I also sold them in bulk. So they're all cooked in a pound, two pound, five pound, whatever. And because these guys are so good at their job, at their craft, like nutrition-wise, they can go home and they can prep it themselves even in regards to portioning and stuff. So I cut out all the crap I didn't want to do, which was like portioning and all that stuff. And it got to a point where I bought like two fridges and like I was cooking it in my house and the fridges took over the garage. My family couldn't park in the garage. And like, you know, I didn't have a car yet either. So at the time I was using my family and my ex's car and like to deliver. And it got to a point where it got this big where I needed to decide do I want to go into a commercial kitchen or do I just want to stop it or get there? And what I ended up having was I stopped it. And why Why did you want to stop it if you because were onto something? it wasn't fun. I didn't okay. enjoy it. Like, at the end of the day, I was making literally bags of chicken and fish and yeah. stuff that had no visual appeal. And, like, I didn't like it. Um, and so I was like, what can I still do that's food that I that is, like, interesting and fun and stuff I decide I want to do a food product so okay. I was like food product makes sense I can be like a business guy and like yeah. you know, do a food product um, and you have a business degree <laughs> yeah right so I took all my savings that I had at that time which was um, oh backstory before even that happened I, I went on Chopped oh yeah of course yeah, oh my god I knew that. we were missing yeah, it yeah so what happened was at that time I was still like the chef thing and then like I saw the Chopped commercial Chopped um, someone sent it to me it was like and I was like I don't know if I can do it, you know? But I was like, yo, I'm like, I can be just as good at anybody else. Why can't I? Plus, you've done, like, all these other competitions that are basically chopped just with no cameras. Yeah. I was like, plus, the reason was I, was, I need money. Yeah, yeah, 10, yeah. There was 10K on the line. Oh, nice. And I was like, you know what? Let's, let's do it. Let's let's do it. And, and Chopped, I, it was Chopped Canada, chopped right? Chopped Canada. And so is that... Uh, season two. Season, so, and I know that there's, like, like there's, like, House Kitchen, there's Chopped Canada. Like, there's just small little differences between each So one is just American and Canadian. Um, okay, no, but I mean like between like Hell's oh, okay. Kitchen and so like chopped all those. Can- chopped is basically for one day, four chefs compete with in three rounds. Each okay. round, it's timed. There's a entree, I mean appetizer, entree, dessert round. So that was already like sort of the but one the, that you The did. difference is that there's a time. Okay. And also that you have to use all the ingredients in the box. Okay. Okay. And that you didn't know what the ingredients. So first round, twenty minutes, you have to make an appetizer. Okay. Second round, if you make it, you make an entree, thirty minutes. Dessert round. Same thing. 30 minutes to make a dessert. And you all have all these judges, four chefs. Um, each round, someone gets eliminated. And you have to use all those ingredients. And the ingredients inside are never aligned. Meaning okay. like they're all random. Random, yeah. Random. Like, for instance, the entree one. Um, spoiler, I won that. Uh, I, <laughs> I won that. Spoil, um, but entree round, it was beef tripe with mach- with uh, vanilla chai tea powder. Oh, my God. Cadbury cream egg and arboreal rice. That's that was so bas- random. So it's baskets like that. Yeah. So, but anyways, um, I I applied, won that. So you came first. I came first. Amazing, and you won ten grand. I won ten grand. That's awesome. Um, 
so that was a thing where I was like, and it sort of became this thing of like proving to people that you don't have to be a chef in a restaurant to be a chef. Right. Which was a big thing because everybody thinks at that, and like even some people still do where like unless you work in a kitchen, you're slaving away, and like you know there's this pride of how much yeah, tickets how much... you have during a night or all these burns and like you yeah. know getting you know some chefs right now even though they'll still like gram or put on the gram and stuff like yo getting slammed in the weeds fuck yeah or like yeah, show yeah. a photo of like their chits of like how many people they made and like. And then I was like, you don't have to be that to be a chef. Because, like, like, I think that a lot of people, when I left that top, they're like, some of them were like, you're not a chef anymore. Like, and I was like, I'll, I'll show you. I can just be mm-hmm. just as good. Um, so, anyways, 10K. But at that time, you still got to pay rent. Yeah. Um, that goes all like that, that. All that kind of stuff. I don't have anything else. So, when I wanted to do a food product, I was like, okay, let's do this food product. So, I had, I remember I had 15K in the bank. That's all I ever had in my life. 15K was the max. And then I was like, okay, let's do this food product. So I put 2017 as that year where I was going to go full on gun show, everything into it, sink or swim, like save nothing for the life, for the swim back. Um, David Chang talks about it as one part of, I can't remember which um, movie he talks about, but there's a person that goes for a dive and he swims and he swims and swims and swims because he's like, I can't fail because I have, I didn't save anything to go back. Mm. Can't go back. So I was like, I'm going all into this 2017. So I'm gonna create this product, six pack chef, get you know this business thing and like business number and all that stuff. I'm gonna create this product. At that time, food science companies were not a big thing yet. So there was only one or two. All the other ones were like sort of up and coming. And I gave myself that year. So I was like, yo, I'm gonna do this year. Can't not not do it. Um, so I went to this food product company. Not gonna name it. Um, signed up. They're like, yeah, we'll take you on, and then we'll hire the chef just for you and getting more people. Um, it's gonna cost you 10k. Like I said, I'm gung ho. I'm gonna go do it. So this is just to make like a sample no, product. So what happened was I had this product. I had a product. And what was it? Um, it was like it was. A, I wanted to tag in obviously the fitness industry with cooking and stuff. So it was this oatmeal based pudding. Um, it sounds it's an amazing thing. Pretty much is like. Oatmeal is a standard in everybody's everybody's diet. People love it whether you compete or not compete. Um, but it's hard to make. Some people, you know, you'll see videos of people the oatmeal oversplows in the in the, mm-hmm. in the microwave, or you burn it, or it's too hot, it's too liquidy. Um, takes time to make, etc. So I ended up creating this like the product was a protein oatmeal that was ready to go, sort of in a tube, portable. You can heat it up to eat right just like there. Put in a purse, whatever. Um, and I just needed to commercialize it. I had a recipe. Okay. I had a recipe. It tasted great. I've done pop-ups. I had a grant that I, I signed up for some grants that I got to go into a food incubator called that no longer exists, but it's called Food Starter. Okay. So it was like Mars or Communitech for tech, but for food. Right. Okay. Um, nice. so that was 10K, and I ended up getting a grant for that. Okay. And I got through this thing, so I tried it on on like the people there and everything, and... Um, it was it was great. It was hit. I just needed to commercialize it mm-hmm. and figure out the packaging and all that stuff. So that was what I needed. Uh, so I went to this food company, said that they're like, yeah, no problem. It's gonna be 10k. I was like, okay, I can. Get, so the deliverables were this and this. I'm like, yeah, you can do it. I'm like, okay. Long story short, um, it's the project was supposed to be like three months. Three months. It ended up coming becoming almost a year and a bit. Oh fuck. So it was dragging on and on. And what happened was. The food scientist that was hired to me was just um, not good. Mm. My thing was a dessert. His he was a meat scientist. Oh okay. I didn't know that. There was I didn't know that that was happening. So like, yeah. what the recipe I gave him, he came back and it, it tasted like shit. Like, it was horrible. 
It was horrible. What I mean by horrible is like Shit. he made me like a mint chocolate one. I would rather eat Colgate. Oh my god! Like, and there was so many things that. Long story short, was a really bad relationship. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm not going to go into specifics. Yeah, because okay. uh, don't just like at the end of the day, they still didn't help a lot out. of. They still help a lot of products and companies, and they do great. Um, it's just ours didn't work. Um, these things. Um, long story short, was we had to pivot, pivot many times. Just because the communication was wrong, like they couldn't, they kept on couldn't see my vision, um, even though I said like it was very clear about it, and I'd be like, I'm, I don't have anything to do, I have no other job. Like, bring me in, we can do the tasting, so it's fast. Um, long story short, it turned from that product to like a sauce, a sauce kind of thing, and then it gets to a point where even then it got to where they're like, you know what? Well, it's like we ran out of funding. We ran out of funding. Oh, you are a great chef. My God. You can take it, and I think you can take what we have, and I think that's all we can do. Um, you can go and finish it. You're you're good enough to do it. And I'm like, at this time it was a year and a bit. Already. But that's why, yeah. Oh right. My God. So I was like, oh I gave God. myself a, I gave myself 2017, and I had no money, and I had not, no money. I was lose. I I put all my money into that 10k, and like I remember while that was happening, I needed to make money, and like I've I've thalassemia so I'm like I'm super susceptible to cold and like oh my god um, I didn't even like, know so, like, that so is like for instance everybody has like I think the average is like 150 something blood cells I have like 70 holy I have, like, shit 70. so I get tired really easily I'm I get super cold um I, I lack blood and um so I ended up needing a job that was able to be like very flexible and like certain times because I, I didn't have a car so at that time I'd use my ex's car and I had to be able to only work for X amount of hours so I can drop her off and pick her up and everything right. so I ended up working in a, in a poultry butchering plant with like for for a month and for like minimum wage cash um, just to, just to get by yeah. and I was remember because I would cook and then like all the other people were like immigrant like Sri Lankan people that didn't speak English and I was like the youngest guy there and they had listened to the freaking same Sri Lankan CD every day <laughs> they like pl- played nothing else oh my god it was the god. same CD on repeat oh um, man but anyways long story short was I, I ended up stopping it because it was just too much like my my ex at the time was like you don't have to do this like stop like you like I you were you're wearing like five layers just to stay warm yeah you know and like you're not enjoying it like we can figure something out so I stopped I quit I quit that um but anyways while that whole product with that company was going I I was like I need other things I need something I can't rely on this so I needed to pivot and I had other products down the line I think so I was like okay let me try this one let me let me go with this next one looks the easiest that I think I can execute um Found another grant. Found another food food company that was opening up. They were willing to take me. Found nice. a grant for it. So, got into it. Was much better than the first one. Communication wise, everything. Um, thought it'd be great. False. Really False. again? False. So what happened was, um, same thing. The what they created was not what I was I was not what I told them. Which is so weird. Like you didn't you give them everything like exactly. like list by list. Trust li- me. Like, it was the most frustrating. I thing. feel like it's that should be the easiest thing it was to replicate. So frustrating. When you have, like, like honestly, after now I think about it, maybe I should just do my own food. science Honestly, company. it sounds and, like, like it. It makes much more sense. You took food science in school. Yeah, you have a little bit of background. Like as a, which is funny because I do that now. I do do product development for companies and like and brands and things like that. But okay, so tell yeah yeah. But anyways, um, that that second product, same thing. Halfway through, they're like, we ran out of, we have no more funding, and I was like, oh okay, and it's like, but. You know, technically, this first part was free, so like it's not too much to put put in. It's not going to cost you too crazily to put in the rest, 
And because you're halfway, I'm like, oh, we're halfway. I can't halfway not finish it. Mm-hmm. So I put the rest of my my 15k. So I had 10 for the first one, five was left. So I put three in and left two to pay for bills and crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put the three. Long story short, a couple weeks later, they're like, yeah, um, there's no more funding. And I think, oh. and they're like, I don't think you should put more money into this. I think you're a great enough chef that you should be able to take this. Are you fucking first. kidding so me? So both of them did that. So I currently have two products that are like 50 to 60% finished. Oh my God. That I have not touched back. So at that time, I didn't know what to do. I needed money. Yeah. I needed money and Six Pie Chef was this thing. So I ended up meeting a friend of mine um, who we did some pop-ups before. And then he needed help with a company, with an event. And then um, he, it was for a sauce company, which so happened was what I was trying to make mm-hmm. for the something else. And um, so we came in and uh, helped him out. And I told him like sort of my situation. I'm like, hey, like if you guys need anything, it's like, yeah, well, actually we need help like making sauce. And like, so I ended up joining. Oh, nice. I ended up joining um but just part-time it was only part-time and at that time i also started for some reason everything started happening real quick so that sauce company i joined that part-time another friend of mine was a meal prep company they needed to up and up and level their game hired me to consult oh my god so i took that on i needed money so at that time i was working two sort of gigs at like the main thing was the meal prep company because the sauce company was not going to take me until 2018. okay so for the rest of 2017, I was I was consulting for this meal prep company, um, helped them out, and then at that same time, my other friends came and they they proposed me to open a restaurant. Oh, oh my god! Oh, it was in December, um, opened a restaurant which is now called Egg Bay, down in Kansas City Market. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was like a friend's passion gig that we had. So I decided. So the meal prep company place they offered me um, to stay. I was like, uh, this is not something that I really wanted to do long term. Yeah. Right? So I was like, "Thank you very much. Appreciate it." Um, you guys all—they're still, but they're all still my boys. Like they still—they're killing it. I love nice. them. I love that they're—they're they're doing amazing. Shout out to them. Um, their prep shop in in Markham, um, Ricky, Matt, all the Tom, Chan, uh, all those guys, Thomas. But um, I ended up made a decision of like, okay, so the meal prep stuff I didn't want to do as my career. I more wanted to still do the food product stuff. Mm-hmm. So then that's where that sauce company, I was like, let's, let's go to them. They're going to take me on in 2018. That's cool. And at the same time, for, while there's like, it's still part-time, I can still take time and do open a restaurant. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what I thought. So I ended up agreeing to my friends, me and three friends, we ended up opening a restaurant in 2018 called Egg Bay. That's amazing. Um, so at that time, for the first half of the year, I worked seven days. Yeah, literally for sure. seven yeah. days it would be four days at egg bay until and then three days at uh the sauce company okay um got to a point where it, we were doing amazing like egg bay was like killing it um I, I was sort of the brand ambassador i took care of everything culinary wise um but i didn't i didn't know if i wanted to be there full-time like i'm not an i'm i'm an owner but i'm not a steak owner or whatever yeah. i'm an owner enough to say that i'm an owner yeah it's like whatever i, I have no problem saying like i'm a minute point one percent or one percent owner yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool it's enough for me to say hey look it's my i, I helped you, it you yeah it brought yeah. it to life yeah i don't make i don't i don't get paid out of it i don't get money out of it like i said it's it's more of like it's for me three friends and we're we doing it because we're friends we're yeah. doing it because we're friends we want to do it um and we did it and we made it accessible and it's crazy because like at that time, they used we used Six Pack Chef, Chop Champ, uh, so we did really, really well, really, really well. Same thing with the sauce company. Um, started building that, and then eventually I had to figure out 
do I want to stay at the sauce or do I want to stay at Egg Bay? Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up leaving Egg Bay because I didn't want to be in the restaurants again. Yeah. Or else I would have been right back where you, I was. You would should have just stayed at Momofuku. Yeah, so I was like, you know what? Like, everybody's doing well at Egg Bay. They know how to do things. It's run. It's set up. Um, I've proven that I don't have to be a chef in a restaurant to kill it. I can open restaurants. Yeah. My stuff, I can do things. Um, you know what? I can look back and I not regret not opening it and not doing it. That's cool. Ended up going full-time with the sauce company. Nice. And then... Um, while that was happening, that was 2018. Ended up doing something called Top Chef Canada. That same year. Oh, I year. forgot you did that too. So Top Chef Canada is like the Top Chef one. I watched it forever in the states. Yeah. Love that show. That was like that's the epitome of cooking on television because on yeah. it's real cooking, real cooking, real chefs, no shenanigans, no gimmicks, nothing like that. It's real yeah. skill, technique, 150k, 100k on the line. Wow. Best restaurant. You're gonna be the best chef like in the world in regards to the show um top chef canada came on i remember when it came on it was like amazing season one season two season three perfect it stopped they canceled it season four there was no more and is that the one you were supposed to be on no no no, no. Oh. i was never supposed to be on any of these oh okay okay and then they canceled it and i was like oh no i'll never be able to go on this but it was the reason because i say i didn't i still doubted myself because mm. these guys that they're the best cooks and the, they're the best chefs in the in all of canada right right but you've worked with the best in the world yeah so but like, like it was these guys were do it for a regular day on everyday basis right right i don't do it on an everyday day basis yeah um so it was a little self-doubt and then it left and i was like damn it and it came back it came okay. back season four season five season six and then um i was like oh man he's amazing amazing i still never ended up doing it because i was like you know, I was trying to do, you know, my consulting meal prep stuff. I wasn't cooking. I never cooked like that forever. Um, so I didn't cook in a restaurant for like six months. Sorry, six years. Um, but someone tagged me into it. Someone messaged me and like, you should do it. I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. Like, do it every year. Like, like a lot of the, like, the some our chefs that we'll share with each other. And then I didn't tell anybody about it. And I was like, you know, what? I don't know. I don't know if I'll do it again or like, but that was the year of like, 2017 I was a big gung-ho me turned my life around I was like you know what I'm gonna do everything for myself yeah and I thought about it I was like if I win this when I win this it'll be crazy branding for Six by Chef yeah you know it'll be a platform I'll be I needed something because like when I was on Chopped I thought I was gonna be the I won I'm gonna be the celebrity everyone's gonna know about me crickets crickets Mm -hmm. no one cares once you're off and it's only a one-day thing and I didn't and I didn't capitalize on it um so I remember I I filled out the application and I deleted it all. <gasps> no. And I didn't want to do it. And then I tried it again. I, d- I applied again. And I deleted it again. Oh I just my couldn't God. commit. And then it was the, the night of the deadline. That I was like, you know what? Just just fucking go. Oh, I, I can't believe you deleted it. You had to do it I all co- over again. <laughs> it, it's okay. <laughs> I deleted it. But I did it again. And I applied. And I got it. Amazing. I got in. But because... The problem was getting in, though it's not like, oh, you're in, amazing, congrats, you're on the show. It's like four different interviews, four or five different interviews. Right. Every single one of them was reason was trying to convince the, the production company and the team and the producers and directors why someone who hasn't cooked for six years, yeah, who is a fitness dude, doesn't cook in a restaurant, be worthy to be on the show of that's supposed to showcase the best chefs. Yeah. I had to convince them, like, 
they're like, why should you win? Why are you better than these guys? Or why should we replace a chef with you? And I'm like, why not? Why Is that not? what you said to them? I was like, why nice. not? Yeah, I was like, why not? I was like, why Why can't I win? Why can't I be Top Chef Canada? Why, why does Top Chef have to be, why does the Top Chef have to be someone in a restaurant? Yeah. And it was this thing of like proving to people. And then when they, and then I also started being really, really like, like genuinely saying things like, because I don't work in a restaurant, I don't have guidelines. I don't have rules. Yeah. At a show like this or any in a competition, you give me something, I will adapt to it. I'm f- so when someone asks me now, like, what's my cooking style? You know, everybody asks, like, what do you cook? What yeah. do you think? Yeah. I'm like, I'm a freestyle chef. Uh-huh. I was like, stupidly, like, douchey, maybe that sounds. I'm like, I'm like a rapper on a beat or a musician on a on an instrument. Yeah, so but that's very descriptive. So I, I freestyle. What? So I, there, because I freestyle, there is, I don't cook with recipes. I never cook with recipes. Like, if you watch Top Chef Canada, everything I've made there, I've never made before. Oh, nice. I don't, so, um... Yeah, I freestyle cook, and I told them like, you give me this challenge, I'm not I'm not stuck in this mindset of I only know French, but this is an Asian challenge. What I'm gonna do? I'll be like, oh, okay, cool, figure this out. Or mm-hmm. like, oh, this ingredient is Spanish. Doesn't mean I can't I can't uh, pair with Indian food. Yeah, because you know other other places that people that work at all those kind of things, they'll be like, no, it doesn't make sense. It's wrong. It's, yeah. So like, I have no rules. Nothing is wrong to me. Yeah. I just base it off of textures and flavors. If it tastes good, it tastes good. If it needs acid, find something that's acidic. If it needs bitter, find a bitter. And I was like, that's something that I think I have a one-up on all these chefs. Nice. I've got that. I've also got the fact of like, um, I I bring a fresh look into it. I'm not your average chef. I'm not your regular chef. I don't work in restaurants. It And I constantly had to prove it. And then I got to the last part, which was last um, stage to interview, which was I had to cook. I had to cook while being interviewed and chat and um thank god luckily they they took me on they, they nice. took me on and um uh s- spoiler alert it's out i most people that know me know it too i came third that's amazing i came third out of not out of everybody in canada not cooking in a restaurant for six years that's and unbelievable i'm so i made it to the finale but if you actually look on the website and stuff i have, I have nothing but love for everybody that was on this season um but I truly think I should have been on that very, very last, um, last chat round to be able to cook for that 100k, and the internet I think and social and society it does believe me at the same time, um, but at the end of the day it was it was a decision of apples and oranges. Yeah. Like, does the judges like apples or do they like oranges? Because like if you watch the show, the that last episode nothing was wrong with my dish. Yeah. It was more of like they chose someone else. There was preference. Um, so yeah, that kind of sucked. Yeah, so, especially knowing that you're like you're very competitive. I'm so once again. I'm always like the bride, bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. But I that just means it. that it's coming in even bigger, oh, like massive it's like the story of my life. No, it's coming, and you've but, yeah, gone this long, like just yeah, so, be a little so more patient. I became like the anti chef. If you watch the show, this goes into the shoes. I don't wear chef jack. I don't wear like chef jackets when I cook, or I don't wear chef pants or chef shoes. If you watch the show, I'm in shorts. I'm in like <laughs> jean shorts. I'm like the guy that's like buff looking, and like even on set, like I'd be like making sure I'm on my diet and everything. Yeah. But I. That's but nice I, that they let you do that. But too. I don't cook. I don't cook healthy food on like I still cook great food. There should be no difference between cook healthy food and like tasty food. That's what Six Pack Chef is about. It's like I, I show people you can eat amazing food and it can still be tasty and good for you. Yeah. Um, 
But anyways, I wear the breads. I wear the bread 11s on the show. Oh, okay. I want to ask you about that. But really quickly, I want to, want you to tell me. Uh, okay, so what is Six Pack Chef currently today? Yeah, okay. So Six Pack Chef is currently, it's a brand. It's a brand. It's a food brand. It's a food lifestyle and media brand. So it is based and founded on three pillars, which is eat good, look good, and live great. So that's our, that's my slogan. That's my mantra. Eat good is all thing food based. Look good is all thing health and fitness based. And then li- and um, live good, live great, sorry, is everything lifestyle. So those are all three things that are direct representation of myself. So eat good, look good, live great. And Six Pack Chef is a brand that does anything under those three pillars. So for instance, opening up Egg Bay or the sauce company or doing these private events or cooking collabs and stuff, that's under eat good. Me competing in competitions, working with uh, supplement brands and fitness brands and um, competing and you know putting out fitness content stuff, that's look good. And then live great is the lifestyle part. It's me showing, going out to, you know, events and parties and guest speaking and traveling the world and trying to collab and like trying to run this entrepreneurship life and making something out of my life that's the live good side so like all three of those encompass what i am but also encompasses what six pack chef is with and down the road i want it to be where like whatever i create like say i make a restaurant or something like that so let's say that it'd be wallace's restaurant by six pack chef right yeah, yeah. or if i do a fitness brand or something like that like say i make a gym Let's say I open up a gym. Call it, you know, Smoke and Bones. ABC Gym. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's better. call it Smoke and Bones because that's actually something I want to do. I want to do like a barbecue spot with the gym next to it. Oh. Smoke and Bones kind of thing. But it would be like Smoke and Bones by Six Pack Chef. Right. Okay. Or if I end up investing in something or, you know, having some sort of brand, whatever, it's by Six Pack Chef. So nice. that's what Six Pack Chef is as a whole and that's what it currently is. Amazing. Yeah, so I guess going back to Top Chef Canada. Um, so, yeah, on the show I wear my Bread 11s. Um, people, and that so many people watch my when they watch the episode. Yo, this guy's what kind of chef is this guy? He's in shorts. He's wearing Jordans. Yeah. When I go to like cooking events, like when we're shooting the stuff, people would be like, "How are they so clean and everything?" Which goes back to that. Like if you see those those Jordans, those are from 2018. I mean, so, 2008. So tell me about them. Yeah, t- or oh, tell us about. Yeah. Them. So I've never had pair of Jordans. Okay. Like I said, coming from sort of a frugal, really, really low income family. Um, I couldn't we couldn't afford Jordans my dad one time he was like yeah you get you get an you get a on your report card like a pluses I'll buy you a pair of Jordans yo I got a pluses I got no Jordans oh what I got no, Jordans. Di- no I'm just kidding <laughs> so uh, I ended up never like I said I saved 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 never spent on myself for some reason these Jordans came out these are the um, Jordan 11 breads the Calzone pack the countdown pack came in 2008 I believe and it came with the 12s. So like the 11s matched the 12s to become 23. Because nice. that year was the year that they dropped the uh, Jordan 23s, 23s. So anyways, I ended up buying them. Because those were the shoes that I always wanted. I love the 11s. Like breads are my color wave. My, that's, my, that's my jam. Like black, red, white, gold, silver. That's like my color wave. Nice. And so I got them. And I never wear them. Like I never wear any of my stuff because my, like I said, my family told me how to save and everything. So like, well, and anything. you brought them here in a box. Yes, yes, <laughs> and they still have the thing inside where so it keeps no crease and like stuff. Anyways, long story short, was anything nice? I was taught to save it and only take it out for occasions. Right. And Top Chef Canada was an occasion. Definitely. I was like, yo, let's do it. Um, so 
that's those are those shoes. So those are the actual ones that you wore on top of Canada. On top oh, amazing! I only have two pairs of Jordans. Right, you said that okay. one and the twelves. I can't wear them anymore. I think anybody that's gonna listen to me or a sneakerhead or whatever gonna hate me for it. Why? But I was never in the sneaker game, so that was a big difference. I just wanted a pair of Jordans. Was so the twelves were I got them autographed. Oh yeah, you can't by who, by Michael Jordan. No, I wish. Okay, if it was Michael Jordan, I would sell them. Okay, yeah, I would that's, totally that's sell smart. Them. That's oh, actually, smart. no, I would not. I would keep them. That's how important it is for me. But it was um, at the time I was competing. There's this guy. Um, he's Mr. Olympia. He is basically the Michael Jordan of bodybuilding. Um, his name is Phil Heath. He was seven time, eight time Mr. Olympia. There's oh only been t- thirteen in the world that have that can have that title. So nice. he's done that eight times. So oh he God. was this guy, and he was an avid basketball player. Like he was, he could have gone pro, but he decided to do bodybuilding, right? Mm-hmm. So he was a massive Jordan fan, and I went to go see him and I meet him, and I went to go borrow my shoes. I was like, dude, can you sign my Jordan? Like it was a, it was a good mix of like everything I wanted. Yeah. And, I, and like at that time, the twelves were great. I love the twelves because they were still my color wave. They're gold, white, and black. Yeah. But I really was into fitness. And I was really into like him and the whole thing. And I was like, I like the 11s more than 12s. I can't afford no other 12s. I can't afford no other shoes. But this is the only time I might see him. So I brought it, got him signed. I've never worn them and I can't. And like, now, yeah. And like, you know what I mean? Like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't but, untake a, take off the, yeah, the Sharpie yeah. and wear them. But I wish I have them. Now it's more like I'm just going to find out, find some money and like. Yeah, you'll get more. Oh but, my God, you'll have tons Yeah, of so 2017. Uh, that whole spending thing, big change in my set, which was I ended up for the, since I was, until I was 27, 28, um, that year I turned 28 was a big change because I never got to go out. Like when all my friends went out to party and stuff, I would cook Mm -hmm. or, and when I quit and I no longer cooked and everybody went out, I I felt guilty going out because I didn't have money and it'd be one of my celebrating and like you know what I mean so I never got to do anything I FOMO um, just a bunch of stuff and um, what ended up happening was um, 20, 20 I turned 28 bunch of friends we were going out and um, they ended up going cl- we ended up trying to go clubbing and then like they all haven't gone clubbing in a while and they're like what are we doing here Nine by 9 o'clock it wasn't even for my birthday it was for like they, they just got promoted they got promoted, got some great gigs, you know, making bank again. And they're like, hey, it's your birthday next week. Let's make this a celebration for your birthday too. And it became this celebration of my birthday. But at 9.30, everyone's like, yo, we're really tired. Like, <laughs> Want to go back to our crib and like play some play some 2K and like crush a couple beers and like, you know, go a couple beers and like we're going to Uber eat. And like, oh bro, my I'm, God. I'm like, yo, why are we sound so old? We're, only, we're, like, we're I, like, we're only 28. I know. Like if we live to 100, we're not even 33% of our life. Yeah, you literally. I mean? So I was so irritated. Cause I'm like, yo, why, why are we like this? And then the more I looked back, I was like, a lot of my friends are like that. A lot of like the people around are because they've done. They used to party. They've when done they, it. They've yeah. been partying since they were 16. Yeah. You know, they've had their, they've had their like, you know, um, what do, you, what do you want to call it? This, their like hoe phase, their slut phase. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're like blackout they're, phase. Yeah. All of that. <laughs> all of that. I didn't have any of that. Yeah. yeah I never yeah. had any of that. Um, I've actually and like, um, so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go and like. If there's people that call me out, I'm gonna go. If there's like you know events, I'm gonna go, and things are gonna go. That time, that weekend, I went on a Friday, that night, and on a Saturday, I went out at the same time. The world went nuts in regards to my my circle of friends and people who knew me, 
they started messaging me and at that time my ex and they're like are you guys okay like what's wrong like 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 he's partying like why are you you guys okay like is anything wrong like i was like i'm just going out like that's how i how much i don't go out so the fact that if i went out twice people thought i was like something wrong unleashed they would be like oh it's wallace unleashed wallace (laughs) 2.0 he's coming out and all that stuff and i was like no man i'm just having enjoying life you know what i mean and that became a thing and i really and it just changed everything about my life because like i started um as long as i don't my 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 mantra was like as long as i'm not hurting someone as long as i'm not spending more than i have I will say yes versus back in the day I would say no. Mm-hmm. And there was the mindset of I'm going to if I want to go out and it costs money, find a way to make money so that you don't have to skip on opportunities. Again. Yeah. Which totally. was why like since 2018 until now like I've been traveling um more than I ever have in my life. Um but I've been traveling not for vacation, but for six pack chef for my work for for trying to create brands and network and build and really learning to like create six pack chef as this thing where i don't have to be tied down yeah. to a place i want to be able to travel the world and and like if i and like collab with anybody and anywhere and every and just enjoy life and see things and that was a big reason why i wanted to cook also was i was like i can go anywhere around the world and i can still have a job yeah and like yeah. for me right now it's this thing of like when you asked me like what is six pack chef it was like i've tasted for the last 10 years i've tasted and done so many different things to the point where now it's what it is now and um yeah and i just want to just want to live life live yeah. life and that's a big thing that a lot of people have realized and seen for me and i think they, they um it's kind of humble it's very humbling not kind of but very humbling to have people be like you're living your best life like y- you are able to like work and like still travel and stuff and all that stuff it's not like I'm not bawling. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I freaking drive a Corolla. Like, yeah. You know, I, sure. So, I jo- me too. Or a yeah. RAV4, but still. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I joke about it. It's my Ferrari, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. Ferrari. Or like, I rent a place. I don't own freaking four condos like most of my friends do or like drive Beamers and stuff. But I think it's just, what do you want out of life? It's a little different. And I'm still working on it. Totally. I'm still working on it. Um, and if you look back at it, it's still, we're still young. Oh, we're still young as hell. It's like the best part is like if even if we fail, say I fail, in the next five to ten years, six pack chef doesn't work out. I'm only You're 35. I'm 35. Yeah. 35, what 40, whatever you want. Yeah. That's still less. But so young. more so in the in today's day and age, people think it's like you're over. Like you gotta be twenty something, married, have a kid, yeah. work your thing, get a house. I think that's dying though, hopefully more and more. Like yeah. even with the recent Super Bowl thing, um halftime show with J Lo and Shakira, people were like outraged that women over forty were like dancing and like yeah. dressed like sexily. It's yeah. like who gives a fuck? Oh my god. People just live, man. Be happy. But that's, I think, really changing. And I, and I think um, what's really hard to see in the, in the moment, like you said, but you'll see later, is, like, you worked your entire 20s, but, like, I already know with just what you've told me, what you've already sort of done in 29 years, like, the rest of your life is going to just only be getting better and better, whereas maybe some of your friends who have had salaries since they were 22 and maybe they do own a bunch of condos and blah, 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 they're going to be still in that exact same position 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, if you, if you do more of the work at the beginning of your, like I, I read a lot of like, 
um, advice from like an 85 year old man or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. it's just interesting to me. And they, they always say that like if I could go back, like do your grinding while you're young and you have the energy and then like li- kind of live off that. Yeah, like, you know just, what I mean? Like, which just sounds exactly and, like what you've done. Yeah. And I want to grind it, but I also want to grind and enjoy it. Like the yeah. last thing I want to do is regret. So like my grandmother is in uh, a nursery home. Oh. So I visit her all the time. Oh, nice. I visit her all the time. Like uh, I think more so than most people do, just because like even like the the nurses and the people that work there, like she must have like she must have raised you or something. She's like no no millennial no young person comes and like comes and visits their the grandma almost every day and like you know hangs out with them in their room or I, I literally sleep with her on her bed on oh. her like bed and, like, and people would be like. Most people, even like adults, think like it smells and shit. I'm like, yo, yo, that's my grandma. What the fuck? Like, yeah. Yo, are you crazy? No. So like, that's I, something you will not regret. That's for yeah. Sure. But like, I go there and there's regret. You look yeah. at every single person there, and you're just like, this is depressing yeah. as fuck. Like, people can't move. People are just getting fed. Like, they can't even like, they're like babies. Do it. They're, li- they're they're literally babies. I'm like, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be. I don't. I don't want to regret anything. Yeah. So like, I. That's why like now, like I said, like I. I'll go for anything. Um, Good. And I won't regret it. Which and if I if I have to regret it, then I like, I just like, black and I hate it. So um, yeah, I don't regret it. I just keep going and just like figure things out and like push and it's still a work in progress. Like totally. Six pressure is still a thing and like um, but it's it's cool that it's become this thing. Yeah. Where like. Um, because so Top Chef Canada I learned from Chopped and I was like hey how can I capitalize on this because mm, yeah. the problem was like back in the day if you watch any of the Top Chefs even the American ones or the Canadian ones the winners are stuff because they're chefs their main thing is I'm going to be on the show if I do good or whatnot people are going to come to my restaurant yeah. more people are going to come to my restaurant I'm going to be I'm going to make more money that's how I'm going to succeed and it like stops there it succeed. I don't have a restaurant. Yeah. I'm like, I need something that people will come to me and like be like, what is this? So I ended up starting marketing and running and like, what <laughs> yeah. I want to do. And it's like, so I, once I finished filming, I started planning out this like rollout of like, because I knew I, w- I made it to the finale. So I ended up starting rolling out a viewing party. Oh, amazing. Episode. That's but so smart. It was hard. It was difficult because difficult like, I couldn't tell the venues and places that I was inquiring about what it was for. So, because I, I can't tell, no one you're not allowed to yeah. tell anybody anything. Yeah. So I ended up putting an alias. And I was oh. like, I'm like I'm actually, so my friend is on this TV show. Um, it's, he's on this cooking show. And because he's under contract, he can't come and tell and talk to them. But he wants to do a viewing party. Um, and like, potentially, it can be up to eight weeks. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll come and he'll do this branding and he'll have these flyers and people will come and et cetera and all that stuff. And um, so I'm taking care of it. I'd like to, you know, book in and stuff for him and everything. So I ended up becoming my own manager and figuring it out. So I ended up doing eight weeks of viewing parties, but I rolled it out one at a time. And I also for each of the episodes, each of the episodes. Oh my god, that's and so smart. Each of the episodes, I had sponsors. Like I went to go meet with different brands that I like people and friends, and I asked like for giveaways because like what ended up happening was the show was on a on a on a Monday. Right. No one comes on a fuck? Monday yeah. at ten o'clock. Yeah. It was ten o'clock show. So like I had I needed to draw people in to come and and I wanted to share it and I didn't, I didn't want to just go through it myself. I wanted to bring people and create this like community, and have fun with all the friends and everybody to just enjoy this process of what will be Top Chef Canada and me being on it. Um, so I ended up doing that one week at a time. That every, is so smart. And then I ended up creating. I was like, all right, how do I sort of 
I didn't I didn't want to make money off my friends or people that supported me. So I ended up creating merch, like you know, I'm wearing a, mm-hmm. a, you know different merches and stuff. And it was more so that it became things I wanted to commun- I wanted to create a community of like people, which was like hashtag expect chef, hashtag team Wallace, um, that would just support me. And this became sort of glo- got national. Like I'd have people from like Vancouver and other people be like team Wallace, team Six by chef, and that was a big thing because like. I also started using social media as a very big platform, um, Instagram, and like I would host giveaways every week, and I do a episode recap, and I went on YouTube and I did a Q and A, uh, and good. So you learned from the last time. To oh, like I learned really massively. like I learned crazily because I was like, I need to do something with my life. Like no one's gonna, no one's handing me anything. I never had anything handed to me. I always had to get it, and I was like, if I don't go and get it out for myself, no one's gonna get it for yeah. me, and I can't let Top Chef Canada go go to oh, waste. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that for eight weeks and like had different brands and different things and like ended up growing my branding, branding very well, um, to a point where Six by Chef officially became a thing. That's amazing. It became a thing and like now it's, it's only last year, which is kind of crazy. I think it's been so long, but it's just last year. Um, so now I do a lot of collabs and I try to build it and like I'm doing a lot of things. So I just launched, launched an ebook. Yeah, you were saying. What, yeah, what's it called? It's called How to Survive a Diet. Nice. So it's How to Survive a Diet. Um, it was something that I was like, okay, aside from merch um, that people buy, and then I wanted something that people can buy, but like not everyone's going to wear the merch forever, and like I'm not trying to be a clothing brand. Yeah. So I was like, what else can I do? I was like, people always want recipe books and recipes and want me to do things. I'm not good at content creation in regards to video and like photography and all that stuff. So that was a little out of the picture because it also costs money. It mm-hmm. costs money to make a video, 500 bucks for a video, 600 bucks in timed ingredients. I was like, wait, what else? I was like, you know what? I had friends in the fitness industry that did like training eBooks and that stuff. And I started asking them, oh, yeah, it's just a PDF. You just wrote a PDF. Yeah, and, yeah. And I was like, oh, what? And then like I was looking at some of the people's PDFs and like they were literally just like a Word doc. Like maybe some photos you put from like you know um, stock photos and crap. I'm like okay. I was like you know what? Let's just do one. But instead of recipes, let's just do like tips or like tricks or some small thing. It was like ten pages. I was like I'm gonna do it for ten pages. Sell it for like two bucks or like free on yeah Kindle, uh, Amazon Kindle or whatever. Me being me, just started writing. There's so many. I think I I have a lot of things that I I love sharing with people, and it became like more and more and more and more. So to the point, excuse me, where it's now over 54 pages. Oh my God. It became 54 pages, took over like six months to do. And it's professionally like me, me like really, really, um, um, really lean, did really lean, but it looks really really professional, um, fit over 54 pages of tips and tricks and recipes and guidelines and things that it's not for you to learn. It's whether, doesn't matter if you compete, if you want to just look good, you want to just uh, be a better cook or if you want to just learn how to make food taste better. All these little different tips and tricks that I've used as a chef, but also as a bodybuilder and competing. And nice. with and I've put in recipes in there that are also healthy, that anybody can use. So you can use them instantly right away. And it's that saying of, instead of give a man bread and feed him, it's teach a man to fish. Yeah. So I wanted something where anybody can use it. So I, that's what I launched. So I launched that recently. Congrats. Um, thanks, thanks. It was. It awesome. went really well. I have no no shame to say that. It went really well first two weeks and then died. That's everything it's though. And everything. it will pick up and you'll have your peaks and valleys. Which is why um, I need to figure out other ways to do it. And what happened was I, 
ideally if I could I would have done more videos and content to push like maybe show a little a video of one of those tips and more so of the recipe or something like that but like I said that costs money mm-hmm. that costs money and expensive and I, like I said I only had a salary last year yeah. so I'm broke as fuck <laughs> you know and I had to buy a car because yeah. um, not because I wanted one because I had to get one for my for my job um, right and also because I I no longer had my ex's car. So like right. I had no car, I needed a car. Yeah. Um, so the car came from necessity, not a want. Yeah. And I that's this is how crazy where I didn't need the car was I literally went to Toyota and I was like, I need what I just need a car. It takes me from A to B. I don't care what it is, I don't care what color, I don't care what everything. And they gave me a car and that's why I have a car. <laughs> or else I would not have a car. Amazing. Um, so the ebook and then so I I it's dying. It died a bit. So I ended up being like, What else can I do? An ebook tour. Is yeah. I, is what I'm oh my god, that's so, so people smart. do book tours. Yeah. So I'm doing an ebook tour and how to promote the ebook tour is another cool thing which is I guess about six pack chef and the whole thing is um I'm I'm working with different personal trainers and gyms and going there and hosting seminars and workshops that's and smart. making it where like instead of just training someone for a seminar about nutri- about nutrition or for working out you can also do cooking demos and then like i can do like a post-workout meal that shows some yeah. of those things it becomes this thing so um that's what i'm i'm working on doing for the rest for this uh recently so and the month going to dallas um working with a couple couple brands there um doing one in lo- locally on february 15th um, um at markham it's called Get in Your Element. Amazing. Um, and then do another one in April back in um, in LA, and like trying to build that. And while all that stuff's going in regards to the ebook, um, trying to still build Six Pack Chef, right? Um, there are always little products. Still trying to figure it out. Um, do I want to launch those products? Um, is it feasible anymore? Do I have other avenues that might be a little better? Which is why we're actually one of the things I'm starting is the content side, the media side of Six Pack Chef which is I do product consulting and all these things, but now um, I can offer value and packages to brands where I, I, you know, I do product development for you. I can shoot content for you in regards to photos, also do video creation. And um, nice. so that's Sweet. where I'm starting to learn. Like literally it takes, it's long. Like you, you obviously know and like friends and anybody that does video, videoing, it's already a different thing from photography. And like, mm-hmm. so I'm learning everything from scratch. And um, this is all happening this year, like Good. twenty. So twenty, um, 2019, or twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. Are we twenty twenty right now? Yeah. Oh crap! It is twenty twenty. Damn. Oh yeah. So time flies. So twenty twenty. <laughs> I can officially say that now I am almost sort of fully self employed. Meaning, like, congrats. Long story short, it means that I'm responsible for my own life. No one's giving me shit. So I gotta bust my ass. Yeah. Um. So it's gonna be a lot of that this year. Um, which I'm super, super excited about. Um, just learning, once again, as much as people might see Six Pack Chef as a success, it's still tasting, still learning, growing every day. But I feel like it's going to be like that forever. You know forever. what I mean? Like even when you get to the top, quote unquote, yeah. then like you still want to build from there too, right? It's yeah. like never ending. So but that's the, it's all about the journey and not the destination. That's what no, people say 100%. with business, so, right? So um, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I want to do. Um, building that learning you will that. I'm and like, certain and like because now I don't have an income like a full full on income um, I'm investing in everything myself right the equipment the the time and everything and I'm like oh sh-. it's just it's just in this like random sort of phase of like I am spending a lot mm-hmm. but I gotta like 
got it. It's gotta, gotta come do back it. To gotta come back and do it for career and everything. Um, and yeah, that's like that. So nice. which is why like I I now wear my bread elevens out more often. Yeah. Because I'm like I'm gonna have them there. Or what am I gonna do if I don't wear them? Exactly. Right. May as well. I'm not I'm not in the sneaker game enough to to like resell them. Cause like I'd be like. Now I have to buy new Jordans. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Plus, it's a new... lot of work. If you're really not like yeah. passionate about it, fuck, it's yeah, so annoying. It's not that I'm not passionate about it. It's but like, I'm talking like, about passionate oh. about like reselling. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. Like ugh. once you, because like once you get in, it's like stocks. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Much playing stocks. It is. It is. You get into stocks. Like, there's tons of money for it. But I get it. But like, you need money to invest into that. I don't have that yet. So like, I'm doing the most leanest thing I can do nice. um, while making things happen. So. Yeah, the 2020 is gonna be fun and it's like dope and it's so cool. Like the more and more that I've learned about Six Pack Chef and building things and meeting people, of it's opened so much opportunities to meeting other people, other yeah. entrepreneurs, other brands, other industries. Like like meeting you, yeah. I would never have met you. Yeah, if I was not on Top Chef Canada and I was like, they had this premiere thing. I didn't know how crazy it was gonna be. Like oh, maybe I need a stylist. I don't know. Yeah, because like I'm not a fashion dude. I'm like, like, sure, I might now, I, I like, I try to, I, I'm a big believer in, like, you dress the way you want to be presented and everything, and, like, and, like, I dress exactly how Six Pack Chef is. It's, like, a bunch of everything, sort of, sort of more live lifestyle kind of thing, and I, I reached out to you for yeah, it. Yeah, I, like, I remember. I was like, I was like I'm going to be on this show, um, this premiere thing. I'm not the best fashion-wise. Maybe I need your help. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, that's how I met. Yeah, that's that, how I met exactly. You. And you, exactly, you meet like so many different yeah. people from all different uh, avenues. And yeah, and that's it's amazing. It's the coolest part about it, and I love it. And I think that's a big thing of um, of what Six Pack Chef has allowed me to do. It's nice. meeting so many people, and that's so much value that I've that I get from just being around people that are so motivational yeah. and like inspiring, and just everyone's grinding and doing their thing. Exactly. And. Um, well, thank you so much for no your story. Worries. It's unbelievable. I loved listening to it. I'm sure everybody else did too. Um, you did tell us about your sneakers already, and you yes. have given so much advice. But if you could pick like your number one top piece of advice for someone like walking your similar path, what would that be? My my biggest, I think, um, such uh, advice yeah. is just like one. Be you be you be self-aware honestly like just be you and do you meaning like if your heart tells you to do it do it if you don't care about what other people think and just do what makes you happy that's the advice do what makes you happy whether it's money whether it's not whether it's business anything like that if at the end of the day you you can lie in bed or whatever and you're happy and you don't regret it you're winning beautiful I love it. That is our episode for today, you guys. Um, you can follow Wallace on Instagram at W2 and then Six Pack Chef, but it's spelled out. So it's at W2SIXPACKCHEF if yeah. you guys want to follow him there. Uh, you can also follow the podcast at Coming Up in My Sneakers. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts and you want to leave a five star review, that would be awesome. I would really appreciate it. Otherwise, that's it. I'll talk to you guys next week and uh, don't get caught wearing dirty sneakers.